Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Welcome to the 49th episode of Unmuted. Um, for those that have uh, that have been around for a while, you guys know the 50th episode is uh, the big milestone, the the big motherfucker that we're trying to get to, and uh, it's episode 49. It's uh, it's crazy. Um, but if you are new here, uh, my name's Adnan, and on the show we talk about motivation, inspiration, and all things creative with a bunch of interesting people from around the world, and that includes you. So if you're tuning in live, make sure you jump in the comments. Any questions you have, anything you want to add to the conversation, put it in there. My guest and I will get to each and every single one of those comments throughout the um, throughout the episode. Um, shout out to uh, to the notification squad. What is up, everyone uh, in in the house, and uh, all those. Uh, those tribes members tribes members is that how you say it? tribe members i don't know from uh, from discord uh thank you guys for tuning in and thank you guys for uh, for always uh always supporting the show um before we get into things i want to i want to thank these names up here see these guys uh, scrolling these are these are the patrons these are the people that make the show possible these are the people that actually got us to episode 49 uh made it possible to to stay on track uh keep churning out the episodes keep having conversations with amazing people and um i want to i want to shout out a few of them uh, specifically these are the guys that unlocked the beast mode over on patreon uh, these are the people that are going uh, above and beyond for for the show uh, sharif dana ahmed liz jamal khalid nadim and tammy uh, you guys are fucking crazy and i love it um but each and every single one of those names uh contributes to to making this show possible uh, so a huge thank you to the patrons especially in this uh very uh milestoney time right now um i'm feeling very uh, very emotional towards you guys in in the creepiest of ways but um soul is in the house what is up soul thank you for tuning in my dude uh, uh he says and tribe don't get deleted yes <laughs> um just uh, just a quick uh, tidbit. Uh, he says, "Don't get deleted," because uh, we did an after hours episode. Uh, for those that don't know, after hours is this uh, this other show that we have on on the same channel uh, where we just talk a bunch of shit after the show. It's just a, a no holds barred kind of uh, show, and uh, we played a tiny bit of a Shakira song, and Sony uh, royally royally uh, shut us down. Um, but yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, as I was saying, uh, if um, if you want to keep, uh, if you want to see the sh- show going, if you want to support the show and, and maybe maybe make another fifty episodes, there's a link in the description to a Patreon page, a bunch of different options, uh, with the ways you can contribute to the show. Um, and if you can't, if it's not the right time, if it's not your thing, a like and a share go a fucking long way for an internet show. Uh, so share it to your timeline, uh, invite friends, anyone that might enjoy the content. It um, it really does it really does make a big difference. So um, shout out to every each and every single person that supports the show in, in their own ways. But let's get to the episode today, man. Um, my guest is P Storm. You guys know him from uh, from the recipe, a pillar in the UAE hip hop scene, um, in the Middle Eastern hip hop scene. He's also a solo artist. He's got a bunch of uh, you know singles out. Um, one of the last ones, uh, Drown, completely. Uh, completely uh, shocked me took me by by surprise I, I fell in love with it and i'm stoked to have him on the show so let's uh let's get him in here hit the intro peace storm welcome to the show what's up bro what's up how's it going man all good bro how are you man i'm good dude i uh i um I got sidetracked by uh, by Soul's comment there, uh, where he reminded me of how royally we got 
we got shut down by Sony Music. But um, but that was uh, yeah. There's we have this whole other show that has already like ten episodes called After Hours. I don't know if I if I mentioned it to you, but um, how how's uh, how's everything with you? How's it been uh, in uh, in in lockdown uh, in quarantine so far? Man, um, it's been good, man. It's trying to trying to. I wouldn't. I'm not say it's been good. Actually, it's it's been all right. You know, um, trying to stay positive. I guess is is, is, is the main thing and trying to trying to find new ways to do things you know it's been challenging yeah. man it's been challenging yeah now um just in case there's uh, there's someone here that doesn't know you um i i always say i gave you an intro before the intro but uh, in your own words could you just introduce yourself to the tribe yeah uh, my name is p storm uh as mentioned I'm, i'm from a group called the recipe you know we started we started in about 2008 um we're a big group you know um I think it was 13 of us, you know, and we've just and we've just kind of carried on and, and represent we represent the, the hip hop scene, I guess, out here. Oh, the music scene out here, you know. Um, yeah, and, and that's that's it. In short, there's a lot there's a lot to it, <laughs> you know. It's it's a long time and a lot of things to go through, but in short, yeah, that's what we do. Um, we also we sort of act as a little label. Um, that's how we always started off, um, and everyone had their own solo projects. We had the group projects too, and everyone. And that's how that's how we really did it, and, and we still do, but we're a lot smaller now um, in number. Yeah, I um, I want to get into the, the the journey of of the recipe first, but I uh, I always like to anyone that has um, a stage name or a nickname of any kind, I I like to know the origin story because because uh, I have a fucking horrible one, and I'm always curious when people have one like a good one, even when it's band names. I'm just super curious about how these things come together. So, what's the origin story of P Storm? So I never, I never had a rap name, right? And 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 back then it wasn't, it wasn't really like you couldn't be, hey, I'm Kendrick Lamar, you know, you couldn't just use your name, you know, it was rap. It, you had to have a name. So I never had a name, and I'll say, man, I'm not gonna name myself. It's weird. Um, so I, I would, when I first started re- really getting into recording, I was recording with a few guys because I was in a group before the recipe, um, and, and I don't have a big voice. You know, I'm, I'm quite a, like, even if, if there's a dude across the street and I yell out, he won't hear me, you know? So, um, so they were always saying, oh, this, this dude's the quiet one. And even, even when I'm behind the mic, I didn't have a big voice. But then when I rapped, it it, it was like, it was tough, you know? Uh, and so they were saying, you know, it's like this, this perfect storm is quiet, you know, it's quiet. And then and it just hits, you know? Um, so that's where it happened. And I hate the name. Like, I'm not going to lie to you, bro. Like, uh, But you know, it, it, it's stuck. Most people just call me P, um, which is a lot easier and a lot nicer. <laughs> and, then I, and then I was thinking about it too. At one point, I was like, you know what, man? Like every rap name sucks. There's no good. Like if you think about it, if, if it's just because they're famous and it's just become ingrained in you that it's cool. Absolutely. You know? Oh yeah, Fifty Cent, like Snoop Doggy Dog. You know, <laughs> like imagine you met a guy in the street, you didn't know, and he said, "Oh, my name is." Snoop Catty Cat or whatever, you know, you'd be like, what, you know? So I, I always, yeah. I always say that even about um, band names. Like when you think about it, like Corn, what a fucking dumbass name! Like that's such a stupid name. But the music makes it makes it cool. Like the music kind of gives that name weight and character and stuff like that. But why, uh, why, why don't you uh, like it anymore? It's not that I don't. It's not that I don't like. I just feel like uh, I don't know, man. Like it just. It just doesn't feel 
because I don't know. Maybe it's weird because I'm still not so used to it. Because because for some reason people still call me Aaron. So like it's weird. Like even when I do interviews with the recipe, you'll hit every interview in the recipe. I refer to Kaz as Kaz, Suerte as Suerte, and they refer to me as Aaron in the interview. It's weird, you know. So 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 I think it's just because it's something I'm not so used to uh, used to hearing, you know. So either Aaron or Pete, you know. No one actually really says P Storm, you know. Well, I mean, perfect storm. That's a that's a a pretty uh, heavy. Uh, Like, it, it's it's a it's a good one. I I didn't know what the origin of it. So uh, perfect yeah. storm is is uh, something pretty uh, pretty big, and um, I I th I think uh, like mine mine for example is, is one of the stupidest names. Um, going back to the uh, corn, yeah. I was a big fan of Head, the guitarist of Corn, and my name is Adnan. So someone, yeah. a bunch of people used to call me Head, and then I just added a Nan at the end of it uh, on yeah. social media. Uh, like MySpace days and stuff, and then so now people don't know what to call me, and it's too close to my real name, so people are like, he, he had none, and, he, had uh, he had none, he had none, and uh, I'm, I introduce myself as Adnan, and they're like, where's the, is the H silent? Like, how does that work? I'm like, no, man, it's yeah, it's an Arabic thing, bro. <laughs> 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 um, but let's take it back. Let's take it back to the group before the recipe. Let's take it back to, to like falling in love with with hip hop and music in general. Um, where where did that uh, all start for you? Yeah. So so hip hop man. Like so I've been I've been in Dubai. Um, I'm 35 now, 36. I've been in Dubai since I was like four. Um, but but I have a my, my mom and my dad they sep they separated when I was at that age. So. I've been back and forth a lot, all over. But Dubai was always my base, so I was between the UK here and Hong Kong, um, and I, and that's when I first came. I came across hip hop when I was in Hong Kong. Um, I think I was around eight years old at the time, nine years old. I, my math is horrible, um, but um, yeah, I, I, and I came across. Uh, so the only other music I knew then was was Michael Jackson, right, and whatever else was on the radio, you know, but. Uh, I was a fanatic, a Michael Jackson fanatic. Um, yeah, me, me too. We have that yeah, in common. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of videos lurking around somewhere of me as a kid, <laughs> dressed like dressed as Michael. But but I remember being in Hong Kong and um, and I was at school and somebody gave me the um, somebody played. I think it was uh, Boom Shake 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 the Room. I think it was. I think it was that record. And I was like, "Oh, this is this is cool, man! Like, this is this is I never heard something like this before, you know." And then obviously, you, you on, on radio back then, I remember hearing um, um, Vanilla Ice and all that kind of stuff, you know. But mm -hmm. it, it never really it never really hit me as this was a different genre of music, you know, because um, it was on the radio and stuff. And then, so then that from that album, you know, it, it, I, I ended up in a, in a music store. My first time being in a music store, um, I think it was. Uh, Back then, it was Tower Records. I remember it was Tower Records in Hong Kong, and uh, and I was just like went to this section that was like rap and hip hop, and it was a really small section, you know, because because it, it was always a small section outside of the U.S. Right, and any anywhere you went, there was, the section was small, and and I remember just picking up this um, Doggy Style album, right, and, mm -hmm. and I just picked it up because the cover was cool, man. I was a kid, you know, and the cover was was a dog and a dog catcher and a cartoon and everything you know one of the most iconic covers ever and i was like i need to check this out this is let me let me get this let me let me check this out you know and then that was it like was this still yeah. around the uh the like eight year eight years old 
uh, time? I, or? If, I'm, if I'm correct, I must have been 10 because mm-hmm. Doggy Style came out in 94, if I'm correct. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I was I was 10 then. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and that was it. Uh, and fortunately and unfortunately for me, um, I never listened to any other music. Like, and it's, it's really bad, like, uh, in a way, especially as an artist, I don't listen to anything. I don't even listen to R&B. Like, it's, um, you know, uh, I get a bit of shit from it from the guys because they're always like, you know, this artist, you know, I'm like, dude, I don't know. I'm really sorry. Like, you know, I've heard stuff, but it's just not, you won't find it in, in, in my life. Um, and ever since Does then, it, man. It just I doesn't was, appeal to you or you're already, like, you got your fix from hip hop? Dude, like, it's, it's, it's super weird. Like, um. I can't hear the lyrics. So like, even now, like I told you, I was a Michael Jackson fanatic. I can't recite you more than two words of a Michael Jackson song. Mm. I don't hear the, I don't hear the words and hip hop was the only music where I heard everything word for word from, from the go, right. From, uh, whether they were rapping fast, whether they were rapping slow, whatever. And now, even now, if you play a song to me, like a, a pop record or whatever record, it's just music to me. I don't hear I don't hear it doesn't unless I really sit and focus then I'm like okay this is what they're saying so it's something weird um in that aspect uh it's, it's really hard to explain but but hip so hip hop is always just like it can be playing down the road and I can hear the words you know it, it just it's just so clear to me so that's that's always been my thing and um and since then yeah it's just been very natural and very normal to me you know So how does it how does it go from uh, from Snoop Dogg Tower Records at 10 years old to uh, yeah. to I'm a hip hop artist I'm a I'm a rapper right now Yes yeah, so, so so I came back to Dubai I was I was only in Hong Kong then for for two years I came back to Dubai and um you know as, as you know there was no hip hop here like we couldn't even buy it anywhere we couldn't do any of that You know what's uh, crazy I I still find it super surprising from uh, from doing the show um I've, I've been finding out that the metal scene was actually more prevalent than the hip-hop scene back in the day which blows my mind like yeah, it's yeah, completely it, the it, other way around in all different parts of the world yeah like that's the thing like it's it's crazy because i remember so so as a kid going to the music stores here we have music master or something like that mm-hmm. and, and, and trying to look because i didn't know much about hip-hop i didn't know much about it so we would look for a bass on the cover right As, as as you know we're young we're kids you know you look for it based on the cover um and, and then i would pick up metal albums because they had like you know like it was like uh, what's it iron maiden and stuff like you know the way they had their their um their cartoony covers yeah, yeah. right yeah if yeah. i'm correct so i would think oh is that hip-hop you know because you know of the, of the visual so they had that then out here you know but we didn't have any hip-hop um so then You know, luckily, you know how Dubai is, like, you know, people come, people go, you know, so there was a lot of people in school that were that were coming in from, from different countries and going on holidays to places and stuff like that. You know, you know, the more fortunate kids every summer were going everywhere and they would bring back, they would bring back stuff, you know, so that's how I started to get more exposed to hip hop. Um, and then I met this kid that was a, like a transfer student from, from the US um, and we became friends and I'd go to his house and he'd have all of these albums. And that's when we started getting, I started really getting into it. And then one day in class, I remember, I think I was in fifth grade, sixth grade. He was like, um, uh, the English teacher was, like, I want you guys to write like a poem or something like that. I don't know. 
um, and he's like, let's write a rap, you know, let's write a rap. And and, and I remember him too, because he was like, I'm going to write this rap about this. And I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. He, he was way more advanced. He's like, I'm going to write this rap about a cat, but it's going to be about pussy. <laughs> and I'm going to see if the teacher gets it. She's not going to get it. I'm going to talk about, I like my cat. My cat is that, that, you know, and all this stuff. And I, I was like, you know, it's very simple, very simple rhymes. And I was like mesmerized by it, that you could do that with words, you know? Um, and that's when I sort of got into like as a hobby. And then it just stayed as, as a fun thing to do. I never really got into it properly until I was about um, 17, 18, you know? And then, then I started like, taking more time to write uh, and really have an interest and passion in it. And don't forget, like we didn't have access to home studios and all that stuff. So yeah, just, we were just writing and, and we would rap with friends um, when we were around each other. And then I just realized I was all right. Yeah, sorry. sorry. Keep going. No, no, go, go for it. I just realized I was all right at it. I wasn't that bad at it, you know, um, in terms of, of, of being a writer. Um, we never had ability to, to practice recording and hearing how we sounded, you know, unless we, uh, we plugged it into the tape deck. The, I had the headphone in the tape deck. Um, oh yeah, that's the same. Yeah, yeah same story. And then you know, I'd buy a single, and and they had an instrumental that came with it. You know, on, on one of the tracks, and I would just one take. You can only one take it, right? I'd one take the five minute track. You know, horrible stuff. Um, but yeah, so that that's always been around. Um, but only only when I uh, when I came back, I, I left Dubai for 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 like three years. Um, and came back, um, and then I started to to sort of get into it. That, this is around the like seventeen, eighteen year old. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I left Dubai when I was about seventeen. I came back when I was twenty one, um, or twenty twenty one. Yeah, after basketball. So yeah, and then I and then I was like doing nothing, and I was like, all right, let me, let me try this out. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump into the comments real quick before before we keep going. Uh, safe is in the house. What is up, safe? Thank you for tuning in. Um, who else is here? Uh, Mike Angelo says, Sup, Tribe. What is up, Mike? Thank you for tuning in. Wajiha, hey, Adnan, uh, and Tribe, and Peace Storm. I spot a PSG jersey. Yeah. <laughs> Where'd you spot that? Yeah, is that yours? Oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if that's a good thing or, or a bad thing, Wajiha, but uh, let, let us know. <laughs> I, I don't um, either. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Miltiadis is in the house. What's up, Milton? He says, oof, music center, and then adds, I can rap. I'd love to see that, uh, <laughs> Milton. Um, Mike Angelo's asking, who are some of uh, who are some MCs or musicians Storm was inspired by? Forgive me if he already answered this. Uh, we, we didn't dive into it, um, but uh, Baswerte uh, jumped in and said, me. <laughs> wow. Um we'll uh, we'll we'll answer your question in just a sec uh mike khan is in the house greetings fellas and tribe what is up khan thank you for tuning in uh, eddie's in the house um thank you for tuning in eddie and thank you for uh, for joining the tribe uh, eddie money yes eddie kasparian kaz money what's up kaz thank you uh thank you for tuning in my dude um we need to we need to get you on here and then i'll have the the royal the royal flush what is it called the full house <laughs> Yeah, I don't, well, I don't, yeah, I don't well, play well, pokers. <laughs> I'm just trying to, <laughs> to shoot. Um, Judy, hey Mike, how you feeling? Uh, from from Judy, uh, how's it going, Judy? Um, and she also adds, "Hey tribe." 
Uh, thank you for tuning in. Yeah, so let's uh, let's go back up to um, to Mike's uh, question. MCs or uh, musicians Storm was inspired by? Yeah. Um, so and I was it and was it Swarte? Definitely, definitely. Uh, Swarte was was someone that inspired me before I even met him. I think we just had this connect before he even came to Dubai. You know, there was just this fuck off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, my inspiration, man, it, it varies. Um, over time, it's varied over time because you know, as music has changed too, and uh, and as hip hop has changed. But you know, like I was always, I was, I was an East Coast hip hop fanatic. Like um, it just, you know, just these these this New York, this New York sound was 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 big for me. So my biggest was always is always going to be Mob Deep and Prodigy um, from Mob Deep. Like they were they were. Like I used to, I used to just play his music and write down his rhymes word for word, you know, um, and stop it and pause it and write it again. So he he was definitely Nas. Um, I love Nas. Jay Z wasn't really someone I really got into until until later on in his career. Um, I didn't have the the capacity to at that time to understand what he was really doing with with, with his writing ability. Um, you know, so there, there, there was a lot of there was a lot of Nas, a lot of Mob Deep, there was a lot of Biggie, um, uh, Big L, to Big L's. To it, it was really like you know, it was a mixture, a mixture of stuff. But I always, what inspired me was was was, was just to be to be better. You know, not to try be like sound like them or anything, but they just inspired me from a writing perspective. Um, on how to be on how to be great like I, I vary like from man I'll listen to Jurassic 5 to, to J-Live to, to Scarface like it's there's no like I'm fixated on, on on a certain kind of rap it was it was all over you know uh, I love it all um, yeah the only the only stuff I didn't really get into was, was like the the MF Doom and, and uh, the Dilla stuff like um I didn't. Re- it didn't really. Uh, it didn't really. I know people will crucify me for that, you know. But it is what it is. It just never really resonated with me, you know. It. It sounds to me like um, just the way you talk about it. You were a lot more interested in the writing part of it, um, and and not so much the production. Uh, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like when I when I had a conversation with uh, with Suerte, he was interested in like how do we get this down on tape and. Um, you know, trying to double decker uh, tape machines and and doing a bunch mm. of that stuff. But your your focus was, or correct me if I'm wrong, it seems more like it was the writing aspect, uh, not not so much the production. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've never produced music before. Also, just uh, I've never even really tried to even create music. Um, it's never really been been my thing. Like uh, it's always been about about the writing, the lyrics have been very important to me i mean don't get me wrong i love the production you know that's why i said east coast sound always the sound always resonated with me more um i love i love good beats um i personally feel that i'm a very, I have a very good ear for beats but it just wasn't something that i i really like i still don't know much about that at all like you know they they go technical about all that stuff i'm like good I stay away from that. Like I, I know what my what I like. But the, the funny thing is, before all that, I forgot to mention is I wanted to be a DJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that, that really. Uh, I was like, man, I want to do that. That's so cool. 
And it wasn't even the art of, the art of mixing. It was just scratching. The art of, 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 of turntables and scratching. You know, I used to watch dudes like Ronnie Jacks um, at his house parties in Dubai and all these dudes. And I used to to get um, these mixtapes, you know, where, where DJs were just cutting and scratching. And, and so that's what I was, I, I really liked to, yeah. But, but yeah, you're right. It, it's more, it's always been about the content for me more than anything. Was there was there a scene back then? Uh, uh, you were saying house parties in Dubai was was there like yeah, yeah. Is it, there were, there were hip hop fans, but there wasn't like a, a hip hop scene. Well, look, um, there, there wasn't there was there was I mean, look, there wasn't a scene in terms of like are you going to have shows and have bookings and stuff like that. But hip hop yeah. hip hop here was always here, um, and, and it's crazy, man. Like I tell people the story. Like I tell like I tell people like. Like even people like when I've met Mob Deep uh, and Prodigy and, and these kind of guys, I, I try to tell them where we came from, you know. And I'm like, look, you gotta you gotta remember Dubai. We had no internet back then. All right, we had one TV channel. We had no radio. I think we had 92 FM. Um, we had none of that. We didn't even have magazines. We didn't have any of that stuff, right? So, so like, I, I would say to them, like, man, like, imagine. I, I think I told Prodigy. I was like, look, man, like, I was a kid with no access to this stuff. And I had your music on repeat and I knew your lyrics backwards. That's how powerful your music was. It, it traveled here. Um, but there was a scene because you had guys like, um, I remember going to, to house parties and, and stuff at, at like 13, 14 years old. And, and, and Ronnie Jacks back then, he's DJ, DJ Ronnie Jacks. He was the man out here. And Ronnie would, basically people would book Ronnie Uh, they would rent a villa or a house or like those uh, ballrooms and hotels, you know, and, um, and and just book a DJ. They'd get some guys from from Southwell to come and stand in the door, <laughs> you know, and, and and we used to we used to have these parties, bro, and and they were crazy. And and, and Ronnie would show up with his vinyl. Um, there was there was DJs out in like there was DJs in Rasakema. Um, uh, there was DJs like. Uh, The, the man, there was so many DJs, and they were and they were technical like DJs too. Um, there were DJ events, uh, so so there was stuff happening. There were loads of like there was even like stuff like the the rain dance parties and the uh, at Wonderland and stuff like that. It, like I, um, I I've never been to one of those here, but I was uh, I was in Doha at that time, and uh, we had it was it was the exact same thing. We had foam and rain dance and yeah, yeah. That. ridiculous but, stuff, but it was but cool. <laughs> But it's crazy because they were always like either one side was techno or whatever it was, and one side was was R and B hip hop, right? Um, so you had guys like Ronnie Sherrod. There was there was this DJ called Ahmed Turbo. Um, there was uh, man, there was, there was DJs from all over. Like I'm telling you, like all the way out in Rosheima, you know, like they were yeah. just all there. Um, so there was stuff going on, man. You know, there was a rap. There was a few rap groups too. I don't know if they were they were making their own music or just copying people's music. I don't know, but th but just shows that there was um, stuff going on back then. Yeah, it's crazy, so, man. Did, did you? When was it? When was the transition from like um, I'm I, I'm interested in this. I might be a DJ to like right now. This is what I want to do. I want to I want to rap. Oh, I want to I want to be the the rapper. Super simple, bro. I don't have I didn't have the coordination to DJ. <laughs> I tried it. <laughs> We got the we got the turntables and the mixers. Some some guy had it, and I just couldn't figure it. I couldn't figure it out, man. And I was like, you know what? My left hand is not working while my right hand is trying to work, bro. Like it's just, <laughs> it's just mad annoying. Just um, give me a mic. 
Yeah, and, and you know, and and as a, as a kid, man, I was I was I was super active. You know, I didn't I, I never had the the patience to sit in a place at one time like I do now. Like uh, I was always out, and I was always doing sport, and you know, and, and that kind of stuff. You need to be able to, to lock in uh, and stay at home and learn. And I just couldn't. Um, but writing is different because writing you can do anywhere. You know, and yeah. uh, and I just yeah, I, I just love putting words together, man. So it just that just took over, you know. What was uh, what was the the DJ name? Did oh, there was no name. Did you get, no get that far? Yeah. There's no, no I didn't get that far, bro. When you don't even know how to use your hands like this, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's. Uh, I uh, I like I said, I'm always interested in uh, in. Uh, the the origin stories of stuff but um that's that's I, the the being bad at stuff is how i became uh, a vocalist too because i was just I, w- I started with drums and uh, i was all right but uh, i i couldn't keep up with whatever people were doing then i moved to bass and i was cool but then it, th- that wasn't just the right thing like i i couldn't uh, you know level up and then yeah. um, and then we were uh, we were looking for a vocalist and uh and they're like, do you know what? Just just give it a shot. Maybe uh, maybe it'll work out the same. And uh, yep. I lost I lost my voice for like six months trying to <laughs> trying to learn how to do it. And then I figured it out. But I think that's the, that's the thing, right? Like when you love something, man. When you love when you love something, you want to be involved in any way possible, right? Yeah. Um, and, and and some of us are smart enough to to self aware enough sometimes to just be like. I'm not good at that, you know. I'm gonna. I mean, like, dude, some of the greatest music managers were artists themselves before failed musicians themselves, right? Um, and then they moved into into like everyone I know that used to that is an artist manager or used to, or is a DJ now used to rap or tried and it never happened, but they wanted to be still involved in that, and, and they're very good at what they do, you know. So, so yeah, 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 hundred percent. And I, I love that you said that because I've I've been on both sides of uh, the the coin myself. I'm. Like for example, this podcast, or even back in the day when when I wasn't in bands, I would uh, I would film bands, or I went on tour with Nerf Cell, did their like tour diary with them across Europe. Um, I'd make music videos for for bands when when I could, and then when I was in a band, try to figure out how how to get um, that kind of support from from uh, other people around. And I think it um it it takes it takes a musician to kind of figure out that hey man maybe. Uh, Maybe a free photo here or there would uh, would help these guys out, um, and it, it goes a long way. And uh, and just giving people a platform to to kind of uh, you know um, talk about their music and talk about their their art and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, 100%, I mean, I mean, like what going back to what you were just saying. Like, I mean, Tupac was a was a backup dancer, man. You know, for yeah. digital underground. You know, um, by all means necessary. You know, you love something, man. You want to be involved in it. You just you, you do, you do, you do what do you do? It's even in life, man. You want to, you want this job really badly. You go intern, you go do whatever. You know, you build your way up. You know, it's, just, it's what it is. So um, we, uh, we we've uh, talked about the the origin story of uh, of the recipe uh, on this podcast uh, with Suerte, but I'd love to get your uh, your perspective on it. Um, I just want to jump in the comments before uh, before we hit that story. Uh, Mike Angelo saying uh, Nas is an OG, nice one. Um, from uh, from Mike Angelo, um, his adding uh, Biggie was amazing. His slow flows uh, remarkable. That's um, a Biggie bar. My slow flows remarkable. Yeah. <laughs> um, I swear to saying all jokes aside, P is the best writer hands down uh, that I know personally in and out of rap. Best copywriter in the country in in the advertising game. 
<laughs> he knows I'm out of work now. This guy's trying to get me a job. <laughs> is that um, is that the the day job? Yeah. So um, I work in advertising. Um, I'm a I was a creative lead, but my my background is is, is copy. Um, yeah. So so that's what I do. Well, I was doing uh, this this uh, COVID kind of killed us all. Um, but yeah, that's what I that's what I do. And is that is that something um, is that something uh, pay the bills or that's part of the part of the passion? Like I, you, oh, you man, like I writing that much that uh, that it's something you. Uh, you oh man, I love, I love my I love what I do, bro. Like um, like if we're gonna get into to my story in in depth, like like it's 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 a been a long road. Um, for me, you know, through my, I've had a lot of hiccups all the way to my to my mid twenties in life, where I really wasn't gonna gonna do much. You know, I wasn't. Uh, I got into a lot of trouble out here. I got into a lot of trouble with the law. I got into a lot of just a lot of bullshit. Um, but I could never hold a job down. Um, I'll go work somewhere for a month, two months. I'll, I'll do. There was sometimes I'll just I, I left during a lunch break and never came back. You know, um, and in Dubai, that's always a bit tricky, you know, with visas and that situation. But it's, yeah. it's, it's happened. I've literally just been like, guys, I'm going for lunch. I left everything on my desk. Fuck you, I'm out. You know, I didn't even come back. Um, so I've always had trouble, man, um, finding what I want to do. Um, I don't know if you know, like I, 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 I didn't, I never really had a path, and I ended up playing basketball. Then I came back, uh, uh, and, and I hated every single thing I did, man, um, until I until I got into advertising and I got into advertising through music. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, Sam Wash. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so, so Michael Phelan, um, he's a great creative director in advertising. He's now, uh, he's now an ECD uh, executive creative director in Malaysia. Um, and, uh, I was working like, dude, I was such a bomb, bro. I was standing outside Lynx festival, like handing out flyers. You know, that's what, that's the kind of shit I ended up, eventually doing because I was trying to find ways just to make money um, and uh, and he walked up and I was like oh I know this dude you know and he's like hey what's up bro you know and he was with some guy his boss at the time and he was like yo this is Aaron like he's part of the recipe he's a phenomenal writer um, you know and then the guy just looked at me he said like, you're a writer I was like yeah I write he was like uh, I write music and I don't write anything else you know at the time I was also my last job before that I did marketing at a hotel and stuff like that so he was like, I need a writer. Come to the office next week. Um, bring me your work. So I showed up to his office in the next week and he was like, he went through, like he went literally went through everything, like click, click, click. Like at that time, at that speed, he's like, this is shit. This is shit. This is shit. I was like, oh, thanks. You know, and he's like, um, but there's potential here. Um, come and join us. Uh, come in. Uh, I want you to, I work for like the first three or six months without a salary. You know, he was like, uh, you'll like it here and uh, this will that, fit you. Your life will fit you, you know? And that formation period, uh, uh, three to six months kind of thing? Yeah, but but he, I wasn't even on contract, man. I wasn't even on contract or whatever. He was like, look, with advertising, man, it's a crazy world. It's it's like something, nothing you've ever experienced before, um, you know? And, and this was like, I had no experience and I ended up at JWT, which is, you know, one of the biggest advertising agencies in the world, you know? Um, around great creatives and stuff and he was like so I'll know within three months and you'll know whether you want to do this or you don't ever want to do this again um, so I want to test you out and, and, and see we go I literally I moved back into my mom's house 
I was like, all right, let me uh, let me try try this out. Um, and from that day, dude, I never saw it as a job again. You know, um, mm-hmm. it was dope. I go to work nine ten o'clock. I'm in shorts. You know, like uh, you telling me I get to just sit here and think of ideas. Like, you know, you're crazy. This, you're gonna pay me to do this? And like, and obviously, you know, I I, I, I was I, I'm creative. You know, so it, it worked in my favor and and to write and stuff. And it never it just. It just wasn't a job. Like, and, and then I, I started doing well. Um, then I moved in with, with Suerte. Um, and he'll tell you, man, for about three years, he didn't see me. Like, I'll, I'll be working 18, 19 hours a day sometimes, you know, I'll just to really catch up on everything I missed out on. You know, this was when I was, what, 26, 27. Mm-hmm. So I really had to kind of fight my way in and, and, and build myself up. Um, but the progression was good and it was quick because I love what I did. Um, and now, like, I don't consider it's the only thing I've ever done where I'm actually happy to get up and go um, to work. So it's yeah. interesting. That's yeah. awesome, man. What was the, um, if there is an answer to this, but what was the reason uh, for, for the struggle in the beginning? What was, what was, what was that uh, thing that just didn't make you want to lock down uh, the um, job? It, was it was it like just not finding the right one or was it something completely? Yeah, man, I, I, I would, it, was, it was that nothing really motivated me like i'm not i'm not gonna i was a shithead bro you know um you know i was uh uh you know i got involved i was involved with 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 the wrong people um throughout most my teenage years um and like i even like that like at that stage i was i was i had different goals in life at that stage you know um and and I didn't understand a lot of things, you know, at the time you think you understand everything, you know, like, um, like it got to a stage where, you know, where, where my mom would, would be like, look, dude, I don't want to bury you. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you need to, you need to sort yourself out. Like, I don't want to be the one to bury, you know? Um, and she's like, I don't sleep. I wait for that. I wait for that phone call every night, you know? And, and it's crazy because, you know, it's Dubai, you know, but, Shit happens, you know. Um, so, so I, I got locked up a few times, um, uh, and, and things. You know, the last time it kind of really, really hit me, and it was like a big reality check. And that's when I sort of just was like, I need to, I need to cut everything out of my life. So I cut everything out of my life, and this is the time when the recipe started to happen. Like, uh, like, uh, and, and even then, like, I didn't know with the recipe, like. I remember. T- I remember the first time I met Suerte. I was like, I was like, look, man, I can work on this. You know, let's let's work. But I got to figure out what's happening with my case first. I don't know what's going on. Like you know, like um, so it was it was it was that kind of situ- situation. And um, yeah, and then I just I, I literally like, dude, these guys saved my life. Like the recipe, they they really because even though I wasn't working and I wasn't doing that, they gave me a place where I could sit every day and not go out you know and the most important thing was to not let me go out and just keep me keep me in the studio and i and i love you know hip-hop i love rap so i was able to create um and it was super important and like that's, i always say it like these guys saved my life you know like uh i cut out everything i cut out everybody um from the past and and, and lucky uh, Suarte let me let me use sleep on his couch and he would buy me food um uh yeah, and these guys just gave me somewhere else to channel my energy and channel my my focus. Um, yeah, and that's what I did. And then and then through that came like really good habits, 
you know, mm-hmm. of, of learning to work hard to achieve something like, man, I got to get this done, like, and, and learning about the grind. And, and then, so, and then I, you just transfer those skills to your everyday life, right? So, so I now work hard in my job and all that stuff. And I work hard um, in, in trying to achieve other things that I'm trying to do in my life, but that all came through music. Um, and it's really funny because I was a basketball player before that too, but I fucked up my basketball career because of my mentality. Like my, my shitty mentality and my shitty attitude. I, so I like, know, I know you were, uh, you were pro or semi-pro for a while. Was it pro? No. So, um, I, I played in college in a, in a, in a academy. Um, and then I ended up playing in the lower divisions in, uh, in, in Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, so it was a job, but it, but it wasn't what I was aiming for. And I really like sold myself short because of my mentality and my work ethic. And like I said, all this stuff. So it's kind of, it's kind of funny because you would think that sport and basketball would have given me that, you know, and given me that drive, but it didn't, you know, and it was yeah. music and it was, it was the recipe and the music guys that, that allowed me to learn. Um, and I transferred all those skills to life, you know? Um, and, it, and it's really helped me, man. Like, like geez like less than 10 years ago man like less than 10 years ago i was i I didn't have anything i had a a duffel bag i could move house with a duffel bag you know and now like 10 years later you know um i own a i own a house now like you know i've got a job um you know and and life is much better you know And, and and relationships have been built again with my family um and all that kind of stuff so that's why it's always been the recipe and it's bigger than music for me you know and that's what i try to tell a lot of a lot of the young artists i work with it's like it's like dude this may not you may not ever be a star man you may not ever you may not ever make it you know whatever the correct you know uh but this will help you Mm -hmm. this will teach you to do things that you didn't know you could do and this will and these skills will transfer um for you later in life you know there's there's something um there's something there about uh about working in teams that that i think is very interesting the the idea of you being in like high stakes or or as as a job basically uh, uh a team player by definition and and only finding a way to to be a, a true team player with with these two uh, two other guys making music uh kind of and sticking sticking through it and learning the grind that way um was it was was there a sense of like acceptance with uh, with Suerte and Kaz that wasn't there before? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I mean, I've always been a team orientated guy. All the sports I prefer were team sports. Um, I don't know what it is. I, I just um, maybe it's <laughs> maybe it's some like deeper psych- psychological thing to it, saying that you don't want to be held accountable for everything. I don't know, you know, but um, but. Yeah, I was always in the team. Like, I, I won't lie, like, uh, Suerte was open arms to everybody. There was that, that's the amazing thing about that dude. There was no judgment. There was no, um, okay, you're this guy. He just, he was equal to everybody. Um, me and Kaz was a bit of a different story. Like, me and Kaz didn't really like each other. Um, and there was always that competitiveness, you know, because at the end of the day, we both are from here, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm from Dubai. And, we just didn't like each other. Um, I think some of my, my, I think one night, I remember one night, one of my, my group of friends, um, who was at a club, I think, and they got into it with his group of friends and it just ended up 
horribly messy, you know. Um, and it, and it was, uh, it was. I, I remember that night. It wasn't pleasant. Um, so, so yeah, we didn't really like each other, but but Luke Suarte brought us all together, you know. Um, so there was always acceptance from him, regardless. Kaz, I had to, I had to build that with him. We had to build that with each other, and I think we we connected once we started to respect what we did. Like, yo, this guy's actually dope, but, you know, and and he'd be like, oh, this guy's actually dope, and now the tension's gone. Now we're now we can talk about it. So so yeah, so, so that was how that work was. But it was tense, man. It was always tense. Like I would rock up to the studio, eight nine guys, like, and just show up, and and everyone would just look at me like. What the fuck are you doing, bro? <laughs> you know, just you're just coming here to record, and I'm just sitting there thinking, I don't trust anybody in here. Fuck everybody. You know what I mean? Like it's just, I just come from a, I was just in a different, a different headspace, you know. Um, but yeah, was it was it was that from uh, from bouncing around uh, a bunch? Because I'm I'm one of those guys. I I don't have the like home base kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I uh, I never I never. Uh, th- We'll we'll uh, we'll get back to the recipe in a second, but like identity in general is uh, I found it um, uh, a, a couple of themes in, in a, a couple of uh, couple of the lyrics, but um, in Chain specifically, you're you're also talking about like uh, uh, Dubai and stuff. But um, is uh, I was was there still back then like a uh, this identity uh, thing that you you were going through? Yeah, there, there's always been uh, identity issues, but like you know, since a very young age. My mom and my father have been separated, right? So I would be there one year, sometimes two years. Then I'll be there for, for one year, two years. Then there was a few years I lived with my aunt. And then there's back and forth. Then there was a stage where I was alone. And, and so I think for people like me, you know, uh, and, and I guess you would call us third culture kids um, that, that move around a lot and stuff like that, you, it's hard to trust people because you never really, you never really become friends with people you know you 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 know someone for a year or two you do I, I even lived in australia for a year and a half you know like and at the first you hate everybody you hate being there um it sucks shit da, 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 da. and then when it's time to leave you're like no but i just made friends yeah. you know what i mean and then you leave so there's so many people all over the world that i never had contact with again after that you know so so you so it's hard to to develop that that kind of uh I think Sorte feels the same too, because because he was he was all over the place a lot. Um, so so it's kind of hard to to develop and maintain. Like for me to tell you that I met Sorte, I met Sorte at twenty something years old, and he's become my longest friend, one of my longest. Mm-hmm. You know, it says something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, uh, so so yeah, there always is there always is this this identity. Uh, issue and i think dubai dubai is a super unique like the uae is a super unique place um or i think anywhere in the gcc where where we we're not actually from the country yeah that also throws in a mix of of uh identity issues you know yeah 100 100 i think the the from from everywhere i've bounced around i also get a lot of uh a lot of like conflicting messages like um, I grew up in Australia. Uh, moved to to Qatar. I did. Uh, I stayed in Jordan. I was in Egypt for a while. Um, then moved here, and and just a bunch of stuff. And um, just the way I was raised, because I I like did my uh, teens and kind of turned into who I am in Jordan. Mm-hmm. I I usually just uh, resort to saying I'm Jordanian. I have a Jordanian mm-hmm. accent in Arabic, but I'm actually not even Jordanian. 
my my mom's Jordanian, but if if you're following like the traditional bloodline thing, I'm Iraqi, um, but uh, never never set foot there. I wasn't born there. I, I've never been. Um, I have an Australian passport. So when when people ask me where you're from, I'm like, if I say Australian, they're like, you don't sound or look or, you know what I mean? Nothing Australian. Um, so I say I say Jordanian. They're like, oh, whereabouts in Jordan or which family? It's like, uh, no, it's actually an Iraqi family. Uh, so it's not. And it's, it, it just goes into this rabbit hole of like this confused self-identity, third culture kid issue thing that spirals out. Um, but, 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 I, but I find the crazy thing is like it's such a, a topic and it's such a issue in the Middle East. Mm hmm. Dominantly, like, dude, like, man, like, you go to Australia, you go to the UK, you go to the US, wherever. No one cares. Yeah, you know, like, you no one cares what's your bloodline or, or what's your father originally or what's your mother originally. Like, you know, like, like, you know, like, you, you, you're in the UK is a is a British Indian dude. You say, where you from? I'm from the UK. Yeah, you know, there's no like, oh, but where's your father from? You know, and where's your mother from? Like, I get that shit a lot. Like, they're like, so my dad is Chinese, my mom is British, and. I talk to people here and they're like, uh, where are you from? I was like, I'm mixed, man. I'm English and Chinese. They're like, no, 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 it's not possible. I was like, what do you mean it's not possible? Where is your father from? I said, my father's from Hong Kong, you know? They're like, so you're Chinese. I said, not really, bro. You know what I mean? They're like, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. So my mother is insignificant. Like, anyways, it, 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 it's such a, it's such a conversation here. Like people always want to know where are you originally from? Where are you there? And I'm just like, man, like, it's yeah you're right it's only on this side of the world i feel like over there it's uh even to the to the most part even in the states it's from here or not period like they don't actually give a fuck where the origin is exactly yeah and, and yeah. that's and, and that's yeah it's a very it's a very uh i think middle eastern thing but there's probably a lot of history behind that there's a lot of reason for that you know yeah 100 percent. and something something everyone's trying to change my wife gets it a lot as well um when uh, when we go when we go visit jordan um, we're, we're in the queue for visas and they're like where are you from she says American and her mom's Jordanian her dad's American and they're like oh but where's your dad really from she's like American they're like no no the origin she's like he's, he's white he's American <laughs> like he's the white man <laughs> you know and uh, and and it's always funny to me to, to like oh no but he must be of origin of something right and then I'm just like why does it matter bro just stamp yeah. books she, she wants <laughs> She once had to break it down. She was like, well, originally they're German, uh, you know, four generations back. And, and the guy was so confused. He's like, he's not Arab? Why? And it's just, it, yeah. it, is, it is a super Arab thing. Um, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump into the comments real quick. And uh, guys in the comments, let us know if, uh, if you have any, uh, any stories of like mistaken identity or, or that third culture kid crisis that, uh, that our generation somehow goes through. Um, worse. Uh, Han goes, uh, Ronnie Jacks was uh, slaving away since ages. He DJed my prom night. Damn. Yeah, Ronnie, Ronnie was the prom king, bro. <laughs> uh, Soul says DJ Cowboy. Yeah, what DJ was Cowboy was one of them. Yeah. Uh, Ola's asking, how did the recipe begin? We're, we're just about to get into that, Ola. Uh, we'll answer your question right now. Um, Han says, uh, shout out to Discord DJs uh, for them tunes 24-7 DJW and DJ Sass. Shout out to, uh, to everyone on the, on the Discord server. Um, I, love, uh, I love all the conversations. Um, we, have a, we have a trivia night over there. So if, uh, if you guys are interested in um, kind of mingling with, with a bunch of people after the show, uh, I'll, uh, I'll pin a link to, to the Discord server after this episode. 
Um, I would also ask if you could work with any artist, who would it be? We'll, uh, we'll get to that one as well uh, in, in just a bit. Um, Judy says, uh, she's quoting you. She says, I was a shithead, bro. Uh, a success story. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I think... Um, I think I think people that that could look back and honestly be like, you know what, I was kind of a I was kind of a douche. Um, right. It me it's it just it just shows the growth to me because I was one of those guys too. I was a I was a fucking horrible kid. I was a yeah. I was a disaster. I had you know, a. I, what was you can only you can only realize that when you've actually done something good in life after yeah yeah no i I was even since since like middle school days i uh i got expelled once from a school and they put a radius around (laughs) the school that i wasn't allowed within because if i if i crossed it they they had the right to call the cops that's how much i fucked up yeah i've been i've been kicked out of schools all over man i made the news in australia dude it was was, like it's it's but you know, it's—I don't regret any of it, you know. But sadly, I have a lot of friends that are still the way it is, and that's why I say, like, and they can't reflect back and say I was a shithead back then because they're still shitheads now. You know what I mean? Um, but it, but you know, yeah. There, there's something—I uh, don't know if the term is bittersweet, but there's some there's there one of those uh, conflicting kind of emotions uh, when when you do go back and and check on people from from your past and you find them either still doing the same thing or or just around that area and mm-hmm. uh and you're not there, there's like a, a sense of pride in like the fact that you got out but mm-hmm. uh, but i also find that there's this weird guilt i've been finding uh when 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 i see them and i'm like man i wish i could do something you know what i mean percent. i get that dude it, it's it's you, you, you feel guilty, especially people that were that were like your brothers, you know, that you were close with. You, you feel guilty, and, and and when the phone rings once every once in a while, man, you're like, fuck, I don't want to answer this shit because I know it's gonna be something, and I know it's you know you they want, and you can't you can't say no, you know. But it's uh, I hundred percent get you. Yeah, yeah man. Um, back to the comments, Mike Angelo saying uh, you even had street cred. I'm glad hip hop kept you in check. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think uh, the idea of street cred uh, is is glorified a little bit in uh, in hip hop in general, even in, in metal. But I think um, I think the grind is what really gets you going. It's not it's not the street, like it's not the uh, amount of the amount of shit you got up to in in general. It's very uh, it's very dangerous in hip hop. The street cred, the glorification of street cred, has led to people like me. Um, it played a part in it, mm-hmm. in what I. Did. It played a part in what I did, um, and the glorification of that I think is extremely dangerous um, for a lot of a lot of youth. You know, yeah. uh, because because I, I always try to divide divide my life into different parts of my life where I was thinking differently. Mm-hmm. And like even from the age of fifteen to, to twenty, I was thinking a certain way from twenty one to twenty five and then 20, 26 to thirty and thirty, you know, you think completely differently. And and it, and it scares me because because I, I, I realize how easy or how much I thought I knew back then, you know, which goes to show how easily we are manipulated at a young age. Yeah. Uh, by by the things we see and the hear and the people we surround ourselves with. Um so I think it's extremely this, this street this street cred thing. I think it's uh, I think it's real in some aspects of hip hop, 
but also it's extremely fake in some aspects of hip hop. It's just marketing, you know, and it, and it's it's the it's the white exec uh, that's that's using this to to you know it's like it's like gangster movies, you know. You want to make it as gory as possible so people come and buy it, you know. It's the same yeah. with hip hop. People are throwing money into that and and making these fake images, and it does affect the youth. I'm not gonna be that rapper that says no. It doesn't. It does affect the youth. I've seen it. You know, um, yeah. so it is a very thin line. And and the weird thing is, is when you couple that with uh, for me in my case, because because I I feel like even though they're they're worlds apart, um, metal and and hip hop really have a parallel trajectory in terms of in terms of a lot of things even just the idea that you can't really find it everywhere you just have to go looking for it so the the kind of fan base and, and the people growing up with it are super involved it turns into a lifestyle but um when you couple the the kind of street cred and the the imagery that comes with the that genre and you're a teenager trying to trying to imitate it uh, couple that with the anti-authoritarian aspect of the genres um it turns into like even if you did tell me what to do (laughs) i'm gonna go the exact opposite direction because that's just part of part of being that rebellious spirit that rebellious like teen uh kind of thing and um and it resulted in me doing a bunch of dumb stuff as well so it's uh it's it's weird now that i um i have a kid of my own even though he's just only nine months old but things like that make me think of like you know what if what if he was down that path how would i approach it now and and i think just having been through that that tunnel being been through that uh, that side of the world um i could see how difficult it must have been for everyone around us like oh, yeah. family, family and friends like there's no way you can talk someone out of that there's no way you can convince them anything especially especially a teenager or a young kid growing up you can't Every, everything you tell them not to do they're gonna do it's just it's just how it is right uh, um but conversation is key man education is key you know it's it's conversation 100%. and telling and telling them that like no yo 90 of this stuff you're looking at is fake yeah. you know so, so if you want to be part of this fake it too <laughs> you know what i mean like it's it's uh especially with hip-hop now because hip-hop is different man like i i i totally agree that 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 metal and hip-hop they always had a thing like uh there was always a very similar approach to it but but hip-hop in the last 10 years has been different you know like like in the in the old days you would just look at a dude and be like oh that's a hip-hop head you know what i mean like yeah. now you can still sort of look at a guy and be like oh that's a metal head you know but like you know but nowadays you can't look at a dude and be like that's a hip-hop head because it's it's gone into pop culture so much that like the guy that listens to everything is also a hip-hop head the hip-hop yeah. head you know yeah, yeah. so so it's become very uh it's become very blurry man and it's 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 an interesting conversation like that I, someone was talking about like you could just look at someone back in the day and how they dress and you knew what they were into and you knew yeah. you know and now you can't you know i i uh, i actually always get a lot of shit from uh, from the metal elitists they're always like you don't fucking look like a metalhead you're wearing straight caps and, and baggy jeans what the fuck is wrong <laughs> <laughs> uh, i always i always get shit from them uh for uh for for not looking the part which is weird because genres that uh, that are designed to rebel right designed to to go against the grain and not listen to the man are like hey you're not dressing right yeah but that's how it always is right it's like it's like hipsters that tell you uh, whatever but it's like dude you're the exact same as the other one million of you you know what i mean like it's always it's always like that right yeah man um i'm gonna jump uh, jump back into the comments real quick um soul saying uh, no one no one who hasn't been in a band understands that uh, that team player mentality you develop people look at me weird when i explain how profound an effect it, it can have 
Yeah, 100% agree with you. Um, in, a, in a creative field, I feel like learning how to be creative with other people is is one of the most like uh, schizophrenic skills you can have. Because you instinctively, as a creator, want to push your idea. And also being a team player of going, oh, that is a great idea from someone else. And, and taking criticism in, in a, such a quick turnaround is such a mindfuck, I think. Yeah, it's not easy. Um, Mike Angelo saying when Snoop met Tupac, uh, that's what a storm story reminded me of. So uh, uh, Snoop and Tupac being uh, P Storm and, and Swarte in in his uh, reference. <laughs> oh, I wish. <laughs> uh, what else is here? Rudy's in the house. What is up, Rudy? Thank you for tuning in. He says uh, your accent is hot, Adnan. Thank you. Um, I uh, my uh, I don't know how to respond to that. Really <laughs> <laughs> hard. Um, he adds "haba baba." That that makes it worse. Um, what else is here? Um, Soul is saying it's more to do with moving around a lot versus being from here. I think uh, there are Lebanese, Jordanian, Egyptian, Indian families that have been here for generations. I um, I agree. I agree, and I think I think the point we were trying to touch on is that um, there's always a question of oh, but where are you really from? You know what I mean? Um, which is which is hardwired into into this side of the world for some reason. Um, and how many people flat out say I'm from Dubai? Yeah, you know yeah. when when like I always say like this: Would you if you met an Emirati and he asked you where are you from, would you say I'm from Dubai? Yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 I wouldn't say it. I would, I wouldn't, I would, uh, wouldn't even say Australia at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, uh, but like uh, I asked Han uh, that that same question. Han's born and, and raised here, um, thirty six years, uh, and and hasn't left. And I, I told him, would you consider this place home? Like, where are you from? I'm from the UAE. And he said, I, I'm, I still don't say that. Yeah, you see, that's different. I, I tell people I'm from Dubai. Right. That's um, cool. Whenever I'm not here. Whenever I'm, whenever I'm not here, or even when I meet new people here, they say, we from I'm from here. You know, yeah. my background is this and that, but I've been born and raised here. You know, this is like accept it or don't accept it, you know? And, it, and, it's, and it's, it's actually quite interesting because I have a few friends of mine that are from here by nationality, by birth and everything like that. And they consider me from here too, you know, yeah. um, which is, which is, which is, which is nice in a way, you know, it gives me some sort of comfort, you know, to know that, that uh, someone considers me, this home for me just you know but like you said it's it's a it's a weird place because anywhere else in the world you're born and raised you're just you could yeah. you could you're very comfortable to say uh, say where you're from yeah. um yeah 100% uh, mike angelo saying i'm canadian which means i'm mostly poutine <laughs> <laughs> um soul is adding uh there are a bunch of videos with indians arabs and agents uh complaining about the same concern with origins uh yeah man um i think i think this is this is like such a a massive uh subject with with generational uh weight to it i think there's a there's a it's not something we can uh, we can wrap up but i think also like the the generation that we're in the the third culture kids the the people from a bunch of different places um just struggle in general even whether it's the uae or not um with the with that uh, identity stuff um, Ala's adding, I'm international. That's a, that's a good way to look at it. I, I used to always say I'm from planet Earth. Um, 
Uh, Sol is saying, it might seem like it's a thing in the Arab world, but it's more uh, prevalent globally than one would imagine. Yeah, that's uh, uh, that's what we were just saying. Um, Eddie's saying, uh, Black Park was dope. That was the group. That was my first group. That was the first group. Yeah, yeah. We'll uh, we'll we'll jump into that in just a second. I get mistaken for a Portuguese guy. My first real job was uh, concrete forming, and they were all part Portuguese. My mother is. Uh, Sicilian? Is that what? Okay, that's Sicilian. And my dad is English. Um, that's from Mike Angelo. He adds uh, writing on the desk. Adnan, uh, what is Metallica? Yeah, that's uh, that's one of the stories that I told in the podcast. I I carved out Metallica on on my school desk uh, with a with a little knife, and um, the teachers thought I was uh, trying to trying to do a satanic voodoo on the school, and uh, and had a freak out. That's some Dubai shit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> this was in Doha, but I mean, it was it was very similar. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. yeah well, so it's Doha, the, the Qatar and Dubai is, you know. Yeah, uh, Elias in the house. What's up, Elias? I'm sorry. He says we love you, P. Yeah, and uh, I was just with, I was just with him earlier. So good guy, good guy. He's all right. Um, <laughs> uh, Rudy saying home is where the heart is. Uh, I uh, I agree with that. Um, it's a Overused statement, but uh, but cliches are cliches for for good reason. Um, and Seoul is adding peace storm equals one third of Dubai. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if, if statistically, yeah, we are. Yeah. Um, so let's uh, let's get jump into the recipe. Let's uh, from your perspective, the the story of of the recipe. I know the um, the thirteen uh, member. Uh, story, but but how was it from from your your perspective? Um, I didn't like anybody um, in the in the group. There was one guy that was in the group. His name was Vaughn, um, young Vaughn at the time. He was part of my previous group, so he was the only one I really connected with. Um, you know, um, so it took a, it took a while to get com- comfortable. You know, and like you said, you put thirteen people in a room. Uh, and you're being given beats that you ne- don't necessarily have a say in and stuff like that. It gets it gets tr- challenging because um, everyone has their say. Everyone wants to do a certain thing, um, but uh, you know it, it was it was good. It was it was Suerte and a guy called Jabbar um, Hani. Uh, so they were the ones that that started it. Um, and and you know as 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 they as they told as Sorge told you he wanted to just do a compilation album to put together everybody right and then that compilation album turned into people wanting to book us as a group people mistaking us as an actual group and we ran with it um, and uh, I didn't really bond much with the guys until we did stuff outside of the studio because you know in the studio you just come in you write you work. Um, but then we started doing it like we had this this shoot for Nokia. I remember we did a shoot for Nokia, um, and that was one of the first times we got to like just kick it together and have some fun. Um, and then we started getting gigs um, and doing shows, and that's when you really get to start to get to hang with people. Like before the show, the day before, we're doing rehearsals, and then you start to get to know everyone's personalities. Um, and that's when it started to be like, oh, this is cool. It doesn't mean you were necessarily tight with everyone. Like it's it's tough, man. Thirteen people is it's tough I to can't like. Can't even everybody. imagine, dude. Yeah, it's tough to like everybody, and uh, uh, and there's some wild shit that used to be said in those uh, when we were all together, you know. And sometimes you're just like, dude, what the hell? Um, 
but yeah, so I, I, I really like Swartz and, and, and Jabara, man, they, how they managed to manage all the egos, I think is the most impressive thing. Um, because rappers are always going to be like, just even if you're shit, you're always going to have an attitude. You're always going to have an ego. And, and in fairness, we, we were still at the start, you know, so none of us were even really that great, you know, uh, at what we did. You know, because because rapping is something that just takes a lot of time to perfect. You know, and a lot of uh, uh, to get your craft right. You know, but, but yeah. So so it was it was always tense. It was always uncomfortable. Um, and then it, as it happened, it started to it started to get better. And and you know, people left uh, in and out. Some people weren't happy. There's you know there's like I said, egos. People are like oh, why is the attention not on me? Uh, it should be more on me. It's like dude work it will come to you you know um and then it ended up just being the three of us man um and we were and we've just been tight and, and the, the the great thing about it is is it's friends first you know that's the great thing about it because we haven't we went through a phase where we didn't really release music for a while we, mm-hmm. we finished we finished we did a little tour of indonesia we came back and we're like oh we're done for a bit you know let's just focus on whatever we need to focus on uh, um and um and we stayed friends you know so we still chat every day we still talk every day i still go meet loki every day i mean i told you i was living with the guy also you know so so that was important um and i think that a lot of groups break and a lot of groups have issues um and i think we just between the three of us we've never really i don't remember a time where we really actually had an argument or got into it you know we've just out of the thirteen, we've just been the most compatible three. Uh, back back in the th- in, in the days of the the thirteen, did the tension kind of add to the music, or was it a dis- a distraction? Um, I don't think it added. I don't think it added to the music. Um, I think it was it, it was it added to the music in a sense, in a good way, in in a sense that there was competition. Mm-hmm. You know, rapping is always competitive. It's always a compare who got the better verse, who said the over line who, who had, who had the, the hotter song um, so that's the only way I think it really benefited us is that it just made everyone super competitive and it made everyone try to outshine each other even if we're featured on the same song which then ends up being a better product right um, especially for people that are more focused on the lyrics and, and, and the, the rapping aspect of things you know so so that was good but it was a nightmare when we performed live it was a nightmare it was Horrible, horrible. Yeah, I, I have, uh, I have three other guys, and I can barely, uh, can, can barely stand everything that goes on whenever we play yeah, live. Like, but like, you guys are all assigned roles, right? Right. So, so you're the lead, then you have the drummer, then you have the, you know. Yeah. We're all fucking rappers, dude. And everyone wants to rap. The <laughs> and while you're rapping, someone wants to say some shit or like an ad lib or something in the back. Like I remember one, one time I was performing, we were performing in Abu Dhabi, and. And I was in my room, and it was the hardest verse. I, I still can't really do that verse live because of the breathing of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I remember I was going through. I was like, "Yeah, this is good. It's, it's happening. It's happening this time." And then some guy behind me decides to jump like really high, and he lands, and it, it jumps the, the the needle on the record. Oh. Right? So the record goes forward about about four bars, you know. And I'm still rapping when the hook comes in, and I'm just like, "And you turn around, you know? It's just chaos. It's messy, you know, like." Uh, but but that on energy, you know, and and the mm-hmm. crowd, that energy, and people like that energy. Um, 
and it was just raw, you know, and it was it was nothing polished, which was nice. And uh, and and that gave birth to the recipe as we know it now. Instead of a compilation album kind of thing, this is the is it? Do you guys call it a band? Because I I still say like a rap band, but it's it's a rap group. Yeah, we don't use the word band much in in, in hip hop. Um, I don't know. I just never heard. Like, I mean, you'll have root the roots and their band, you know. But it's still the, like it's a full band with drums and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But it's still like the roots. Yeah, uh, and my band, you know. Um, so, so we now it's it's more of a, a group. Yeah, because I mean, none of us really play any instruments. I mean, Luki thinks he's the master of music, you know, Swarte, so he can play everything in the world, you know, but me and Kaz, we don't, we don't, you know. He can. I've seen that, I've seen that guy do a bunch of, a bunch of different things uh, at the same time we were doing Desert Experiment. I was like, God damn it, man. Just suck yeah, at one, good. suck at something. He's good. He, he, he loves, like, Luke Swarte is just a music lover in general, right? He just loves everything to do with music. It's even his job. Um, his his day to day job is involved in music and sound, um, and he just loves music, you know. Um, so he plays a bit of everything. He he's the guy that will take apart something and try. Like he's just that kind of guy, you know. Um, so that's that's why he does what he does. Yeah, man. Shout out, shout out to to both Swordy and Kaz and um, and the the recipe. But let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about the. Uh, the inception of it like all right it's us three we're gonna we're gonna take this a little more seriously what was the conversation like like let's uh you know what let's step up the game was it just let's keep doing the same thing yeah it was like you know are we gonna actually do this do this are we just gonna keep you know putting our stuff here and there you know and and uh and um, I don't know if Swarte mentioned this, but we were pretty much like done at one stage. I was about to leave um, Dubai. I was thinking about going to the UK and, and just trying to figure life out and, 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 and all that. I remember I even had a going away party. I think I had two going away parties. Um, and uh, and then and then he came across some guy messaged messaged him on Facebook. It's got this guy called um, uh, Glenn Toby Foody G. Um, Whatever he is, he's, he claims to be is one of the pioneers of hip hop. Um, so he was he when he was when he was rapping like Run DMC with kids, mm-hmm. basically you know, um, very old school, very very part of. And then he became an artist manager and a, and, a, and a sports manager. So he managed NFL players, NBA players. He managed dudes like uh, at one stage like LL Cool J and uh, and Saigon and these kind of guys. And he messaged Swarte one day and was like. Um, I, th- I remember it was like a week before I was going to leave and he was like, he's like, uh, my name is so-and-so. Um, I'd like to meet you guys in Abu Dhabi. Um, and, and sort of was like, yeah, whatever. Cause you know, you get a lot of messages like that when you, when you're involved in music, you get a lot of messages, especially in Dubai. It's not, most of the time it's just bullshit, you know? Um, and I, if I recall correctly, he was like, uh, yeah, whatever, not interested. And then the guy replied back saying, uh, Google me. Okay, this is my name, and then let me know if you guys want to meet. So he did, and we we found everything he did. I was like, okay, this is interesting. So we 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 drove down to Abu Dhabi. He's like, I'm leaving tomorrow, or I'm leaving tonight. You got to come down tonight. And then we we met him, and he was like, look, I came across your music while I'm here. I'm here working on some sports deal with uh, Abu, Dhabi, Abu Dhabi or something. Um, I came across your music, um, 
super old music too and he's like I think you guys are incredible uh, what are you doing what's your plans you know and and then he kind of like bought back this spark um, and kind of showed us there was a professional way to do this you know and, and a better way to do this um, and then he came back to Dubai for for about two weeks to help us record our mixtape um, to be a part of that process um, and then we got uh, DJ Hurricane from the from the Beastie Boys involved in, in, in it too and, uh, and you know like it was our first dealing with someone from that world yeah uh, um, you know obviously there was there's a business behind it obviously you know there was there was there was some some business behind it uh, for him and from from our side but he kind of like uh, he gave us that 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 sparking and I ended up staying um, did you did you leave and come back or did you just cancel the whole, I canceled the whole thing um, yeah and and I ended up staying like we just knocked out this mixtape in like two weeks um, I remember I was going to work um, at 9 a.m straight from a studio session you know um, I was sleep I used to go up at lunch break in the lunch break and go up to the roof uh, in the stairwell in the building and sleep with the workers bro. Mm-hmm. I was laid out the cardboard box on the floor and I just lay there like I'm in my coffin and just knock out for an hour uh, go back to work finish go to Suarte's house I remember we'd set alarms for like 16 minutes and sleep for like 16 minutes and then get up and back in the studio to the morning we did that for two weeks so we got sick we are eating gas station food and stuff but we probably put out one of the best mixtapes that we've it's, it's, it's an awesome piece of work uh, and I mean I think one of the magazines nominated to an album of the year or something like that or Dubai album of the year or something like that and it was just so this guy sort of gave us that drive again and then as soon as he left he was like planning for our album so then we started recording the album um, and then we were like okay cool we need to do this this and put a bit of money into this like we did it seriously but at the same time like I feel like there's a lot of steps we missed um, mm-hmm. and, you know, it comes down to finance a lot of it comes down to money you know we know you know we've been in this a long time like we know that that no artist is really anymore is just going to blow up anymore. You know, there's a lot of money put behind it. There's a lot of uh, the magical stuff that happens behind closed doors. You know, um, but but you know the world sees it as oh my god, this guy's become a star overnight. But you know, there's a lot going on behind it. Um, and and we we but the good thing about that is that it starts to open up doors for us. Uh, start to connect us to people to understand things a bit more and. Uh, and to a point now where we're going to do our solo stuff with a much more clear understanding of stuff um, with the right money behind it, hopefully, because if I want to, I do that, I've had music, I've been sitting on music for the last two years. Yeah. But like, what's the point of putting it out to the 2,000 people in Dubai that are going to click it, you know? Like, I need, if the music is good, I need to get it into the hands of people. It's, it's about putting the product in their hands, right? That's a that's a great point. I think I think one of the things that struck me when I first found uh, the recipe was just how well produced everything was for for online uh, mediums. Um, so it wasn't it wasn't necessarily like I saw you guys live, which is the way I find music generally. I I, I see a band live, and that's what hooks me. But um, you know the music videos, the 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 production on 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 all the stuff that you guys were doing was was something that I haven't seen. In uh, in the in the Middle East in general, whether it was hip hop or metal or or whatever it was, but uh, it, it completely attracted me. And was that the thinking uh, going into it? Like, you know, what we need to to push the the boundary for everyone that's not here 
to kind of attract those people online as well? Um, look, I don't think we ever thought to that stage. I think that's that's how like the thinking was still immature. Then we just wanted to make videos. All right. Um, so fortunately, we've been around some really great people, you know, that that supported us uh, and helped us shoot those videos for the cheapest price you can think possible. Um, you know, some of them are really good friends, and some of them are are still uh, friends. And and it just happened that they supported us, and they they love what we did, so they made these dope videos uh, with us. So this was the recipe. I'm talking four years ago, five years ago. Um, and then with my solo stuff for my my videos, I've been trying. I've been that's where I had a bit of a direction. I'm like, I want to push a few boundaries here creatively. Um, because you know, I, I did a series that was only for Instagram, and I'm like, look, like people want dope content nowadays, you know. And okay, if, if there's a decent track put on top of that, it's gonna it's gonna move around. It's gonna it's gonna get some reach. So so that was a bit more focused. Um, uh, my thinking for that, um, but for the group stuff, we just we're just blessed to be around uh, creatives that were just into it and, and and wanted to show love and help us um, and and the product. Yeah, and and we just we don't want to put out shit product, you know. Like we we want to put out clean, nice, you know, nice product. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I don't know if it's uh, if it's something that everyone misses uh, or or just the people that I've that I've been uh, following and, and kind of fi- trying to f- find in the Middle Eastern scene. Uh, I feel like they go all, almost all the way. They're like three steps away from having great product and, 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 you know, attracting the right people. And then they skip out on something like a production or, or a cool video, or they, they throw it up on SoundCloud and, and don't even like have an Instagram page or, you know, it, it's just those yeah. little things that, that, uh, that some people are just completely unaware of. And, uh, and I always try to tell them like making music is only half the battle. It's, it's mm. finding the people to listen to it. That's the other yeah. half. I mean, yeah, I mean, dude, the, the audience is, is, you need an audience, like, you know, and, and we struggle to, we have such a, a, a interesting population here, right, um, in terms of people that will actually consume music here and will show up to events. It's very small, you know. Um, if you tell me that, that you know, we bring Jay-Z to, to Abu Dhabi and we, we, we struggle to fill 25,000 seats, it shows you that there's an audience issue here, right? Yeah. Um, uh, but at the same time, like like you said, with these steps, like a lot of it is financial, right? You know how much it costs to make a music video unless you're plugged in with somebody. It's expensive here, you know. Yeah. Um, and then so people people focus on one thing without budgeting out the rest, and then they get stuck with the rest, you know. And and that's the that advertising has helped me in that, right? Advertising has helped me learn how to three sixty campaign things and how to how to how to do make sure everything is on point. Um, and a look and feel stance, uh, so that really helped, and, and the guys let me handle that, um, which which is which is, which is nice. Um, so so yeah, it comes down to to people trying to do everything on by themselves. You know, we all know artists have teams, artists have, have people to do stuff for them, but it's hard to find that man. It's and it's hard to find that, especially when you don't have anything to give them. You know, yeah. we, when we started doing, we had people ready to shoot videos for us. We had people ready to do this for us and that for us. And it's awesome. But those people stick around for six months, a year, you know, and they're like, where's my money, man? Where's my, my where's my return? I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm not getting anything out of this. 
they have to think of the long run. But it's really hard for people to think of the long run, man, especially when they're not part of the music, you know. Yeah. And, and to switch to like to for me to tell a camera guy, for example, and be like, "Look, man, start out with us. Be our go-to guy. Shoot these films for us, and, and we'll try get you work with freelance work and whatever else, you know, with our network. But like, stick with us and work with us, and we grow together. Where we go, you go." You know, like like to this day, like I mean, rest in peace, like Mac Miller, for example. He started out with one guy, um, and he did all his videos, and then he does videos for everyone else now. You know, and it, it just it's how it works. But it's really hard to convince people um, outside of a group. You know, so I think we did it wrong. What we should have done is we should have told people that you are the recipe. Yeah, we are all the recipe. It's not just uh, the guys with the mic and, and and writing. We are all the recipe, and let's push forward. I think if we go back in time, I'd probably do that. You that's know? Uh, th- that's one thing we're. Um, I don't want to say we got lucky with, but we, it really is uh, just luck. The the with with the Svengali guys, yeah. um, we we have the we we titled them the Svengali family, um, yeah. but it's just a bunch of people from from around the world that are are as much a part of the band as as anyone on stage whether it's like uh you know street team uh, just uh, just running around telling people uh, like we we've we've had uh a full uh, album we we posted a bunch of pictures on facebook where during festival season all around europe um the the zvengali family printed out zvengali stickers and and url uh, under with a url under to our website and just went around and plastered europe like, I was getting calls from Germany from people that knew me but didn't know about the Svengali family doing that and going yo your uh, your website's on this bar stool in in yeah. Germany is uh, did, are you guys here or what's happening you know and um, yeah I, th- I think being a part of the journey is a huge aspect of, yeah, yeah. Uh, of following through 100% because end of the day like your most loyal supporters and fans are part of your journey right and they they believe in your product they believe in you and they believe in all that so so why not market as that and why not brand everyone as that you know as part of the group yeah. you know? and I think we learned from that um, like you know we did the with the 10 year recipe anniversary last year um, and we didn't expect much but it was a huge success um, and 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 we packed the we packed the fucking boat. Um, but the way we we marketed that was was like, yeah, it's a recipe ten year anniversary. But we're gonna prom- but we're we're bringing on ten local artists to perform. So it's a, we did it how we did it ten years ago, and only local artists. We didn't bring in yeah. anybody. We didn't, we, we, the highlight was local artists. But instead, this time, like I'm gonna do, we're gonna do content and promote this event. It's you, the individual. Yeah, the recipe logo is gonna be at the bottom, but this ad is yours and it features you so we did this series of 10 different ads for the artists and then we started going to our friends and family and, and people we're close to and started creating ads for themselves too um, we started creating ads for them so they were posting so all of a sudden it was being posted everywhere because people have fucking egos man and people want to post their their own uh, their own faces you know all the time they love it but at the same time you know they are part of our success you know, uh, uh, and, and so then the good thing was, was everyone started, started posting it. And then, yeah, then like you said, it becomes bigger, we get a bigger audience, bigger reach and, and, and hundred percent, man, it's, it's the way to go forward. You know? 
Yeah, man. Um, I'm going to jump into to the comments real quick. They're piling up here. Khan uh, saying, um, stage disasters, gotta love them. If I had a penny every time our guitar player smacked his guitar to my head, that little bitch. <laughs> Dude, there's actually, um, just speaking of uh, stage disasters for, for a bit, uh, I'm going to take a side tangent. There's actually a photo of JM with his guitar uh, super high up in the air just before he, he swings it down um, with me singing into the crowd and the, you could see the motion blur on the guitar and it was just just before he smashed uh, my head with his headstock and um, I, uh, I, I gotta find that photo somewhere but uh, yeah if, if you get smacked in the head with a, with a headstock I think um, you're doing it right and that's, <laughs> that's how much you should be moving on stage but <laughs> But that's uh, that's for a whole different uh, conversation. Um, Khan is also asking. Sorry, Kaz dislocated his shoulder while we we're performing. Oh shit! How did that happen? It was so high. We we're performing at um, Nasimi Beach. It's like the opening for Cypress Hill, and it was the first time we decided to bring a band in, uh, a live band with us to perform on a big stage. And it was Crom um, and GDE. Uh, was it GDE? It was. God no, goddamn! So it was Chrome, you know, Cromwell, and yeah, uh, God, goddamn Electric. They they just shortened it to GD. Yeah, and uh, and it was them, and and it was the first time we had Somali DJing too, um, and Kaz was just fucking whatever, right? And we, me and me and Swarte were watching a video of it the other day, and and, and is performing, and then you see me on the other side in the middle of the stage. I just stop whatever I'm doing, and I look to I look to my left because Kaz just runs off the side of the stage. And, and you know it's a big stage so it's high and you know once you get behind the thing it's pitch black you right and he just fucking launches himself off the side of the stage and he's rolling around in the sand and i walk over to Luki and i'm like yo kaz just just flew just, off stage <laughs> and uh and Luki just turns to the band he's like keep fucking playing and then both of us just went up to the side right and and Kaz on the floor, and I thought he had a seizure or something, right? He was rolling on the floor and everything. Turns out he dislocated his shoulder. He didn't want to be embarrassed in front of the whole crowd, like dealing with that. So he ran off the side of him and fell off the side of the stage <laughs> and um, popped it back in place, covered in sand, and he came back on and finished the last song. It was crazy. No, she, Kaz, Kaz in the comments says, Damn, that hurt. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny, man. It was so funny. Um, yeah, the stage stage disasters uh, are some of my favorite stories. Always, Hans uh, yeah. asking as, out of uh, curiosity, um, are there rap is are rap battles a thing here? Uh, not the stage or sponsored ones, but real deal stuff. Um, so we used to we used to battle on the street or after a club night or whatever. We used to just do it, not officially. You know, um, people would just battle each other. Um, but it's a, like it's a it's a well first of all like rap battle battle rap is not what it used to be right you know we used to have our live off the top freestyles that's what i used to love doing um but then you also have the official battle leagues that happen in the, all around the world now um where people are coming in with three four minute verses ready you know very gifted and amazing writers uh and it's a huge circuit with where a lot of money is generated but in dubai no, and it's it's quite tough to, to battle rap um, because people are, are quite sensitive. I remember I remember one battle rap that happened in in, in fucking fucking Emirates Palace, bro, in the club there, the weirdest place. They called me like, "Yo, there's a battle rap going down in this club tonight, uh, this weekend." I mean, uh, we want you on. Are you on? 
winner gets this much money, da 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 da. I was all right, but I'll do it. Because whenever anything like that ever happened, people called me. They yeah. wanted me to go up. Like, there was, I get a call at three in the morning. Yo, there's some Americans at the club. They're talking mad shit. Come down, come down and battle them, or whatever. You know, I was like, all right, cool. So I go down to Abu Dhabi. First of all, they don't let me into the club, right? Because it's Emirates Palace. Like, yeah. what is what is this? Is this the the no shorts, no shorts, no uh, short yeah, in, sleeves? Back in those days, it wasn't even that. Back in those days, you, you couldn't be casual. You had to be semi-formal to get into these yeah. clubs. Dubai, okay. like, like you know. And I was like, "What the fuck? This is a rap battle!" And finally, they 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 got us in, and we go in. And, oh, I remember like it was yesterday. Some dude comes up to me and he's like, "Bro, you're gonna win this shit." I'm like, "Yes, that's the goal." <laughs> okay, what else? He's like, "I'm putting 50k on the side." To bet against you, to bet for you. I was like, "Wow, okay, that's what I, thank you. I yeah. needed this. I needed this pressure." So the first round starts, dude, and this is so typical of, of rap battles in the UAE that happen. First round starts, this guy starts going in at this guy, and he's like, uh, "And your mama, and your sister." Boom! He got punched in the face straight away, and battle ended. Club closed down the battle, like, dude, and so that's the thing. Culturally, people can't handle it. Also, you know the the rap battle thing, where a rap battle will be your mom, will be your sister, it will be all that. It's part of it. It's nothing personal. It's just part of the part of the culture and part of the deal. But people can't handle it, and people get yeah. very uh, for some reason now here. People get very sensitive with that stuff, man. Like uh, so, that ended the uh, official rap battle. But then we judged one once. It was all right. We judged one at the mall. They asked us to come down and as judge the recipe. It. Yeah, as the recipe. So it was it was cool. My friend my friend put together the event. He even had a little boxing ring in the mall, um, and all these kids. It was fun the youth. All these kids showed up, and then one of the kids got arrested at the end, man, by 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 um, by the CID. They were like, he was saying things that are not nice, you know. Um, yeah. The kid after, but you know, you know what I mean. So so this kind of stuff happens. Like technically by law, you can't really offend somebody, right? You can't really yeah. call someone out, and so yeah, yeah, there we go. Uh, my, my my only reference to that is uh, I, I keep going back to metal because that's, that's the only thing I know but uh, my reference to that is uh, like having to submit lyrics uh, to, to get our, our ship uh, in like Virgin Megastore or whatever when it was uh, starting to get distributed and and they'd find little things and just be like so is this is this in any way like against uh, authority or the government or is this anti-religious and it's like no it's just it's just it's just against it doesn't it i'm not against anything it's just like a, just a little bit of rebellion <laughs> it's funny man it's funny yeah but culturally it's uh it's always going to get um like lost in translation to some degree i think yeah uh suerte saying the best shirts you'll ever wear i think this was when um the music video uh to uma thurman was playing while we were talking about the the, the shit, recipe. But, I don't know. Maybe it's true. It's still merch. Let us let us know what you're talking about, Swarty. Um, Ahmed Munir is in the house. What is up, Ahmed Munir? Thank you for tuning in. And Serge Lutfi is in the house. He says, "Hails." Uh, as that's the most metal greeting, Serge. <laughs> um. Uh, Ahmed Munir saying, "P Storm is one of the most talented artists and athletes to ever come out of Dubai." Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Shout out to Ahmed Munir. Um, he was uh, he's that that Zvengali family I was telling you about. He's uh, he's been there since. He has demos that I don't even have. 
cat find stuff later on you know one day it'll come out bro that's cool <laughs> Kaz is adding uh, one line battles one line battle. oh yeah because people get punched <laughs> uh, he also added uh, Swerte was trying to sell our merch available now oh that's what it was <laughs> it's all, I thought it was sold out man this guy man I got one of those I got the I got the t-shirt and the cap and um, I, I remember I I, uh, I didn't have uh, whatever it was like the extra 30 to get the vinyl mm. and I was like ah, I, if I even if I do I don't have a player or anything so uh I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna waste it. Someone someone deserves it better, and um, <laughs> and uh, and Swerda himself came and and dropped it off. And I was like, Yo, man, you I, this is before I knew he was in uh, in Gotham Electric and stuff. I was like, There's a lot of metalheads that like the recipe. You guys need to come to metal shows. And uh, I didn't realize he was he was in fucking GD. <laughs> yeah, I came to those I came to those events, man. I'm at the back always trying not to have anyone step on my fucking sneakers. <laughs> I'm at the back. I'm like, Yo, I'm not. I said, I love you. Look, this is cool. This is, this is dope, man. But I'm going to stand at the back because someone's going to step on my sneakers. I'm just not. I just don't get it, man. These guys are knocking each other out, bro. <laughs> I'm going to stand yeah. back here. Enjoy this. this. Is, that's, uh, that's our own uh, little uh, rap battles. Just, yeah. <laughs> just by ourselves. I came, to the, I came to two or three of those. It's just super dope, man. It's just, it's just a good vibe. And it's just, it just seems like it's just all love, you know, like, uh, which, is, which, is, which is nice. Yeah, man, it's amazing. And uh, I remember um, you guys, you were there the the time we played with uh, with GDE, which was um, probably my worst performance of all time. I uh, I had I lost my voice a couple of days before, and okay. um, and I was like, I just I gotta power through the set as hard yeah. as I can. I I couldn't even speak, let alone scream. And um, and I remember looking looking out, and you it was uh, you Aliyam Sawar uh, Swarte. Um, I forget who else was there, but I looked down. And I was like, "Holy fuck, the, the recipes here!" That's this is like a mind. There was a mosh pit in the middle, and then I look off to the side, and there's this other entire world. Side protecting myself, man. Like, I don't know how you guys do it, man. It's amazing, man. It's it's. it's I really appre- I really appreciate it. I really like. I, I'm like, man, this is this is cool because I could never do that. You know, it's it's it's, it's awesome. I respect you guys. Thanks, man. It's um. It, 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 it takes uh. It takes a lot of time to get that uh, like engine rolling. I, yeah. I had complete voice loss and shit, uh, doing it wrong uh, for for years before I figured out how to how to actually do it. But um, it's the same. It's the same. The what? You find out once you get it, like it's so difficult to get it at the start. But once you get it, everything else just starts to come right. It's muscle memory. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just it's just figuring out how how the because it's an instrument. It's just like figuring out how how to hold the guitar. As soon as you yeah. figure that out, then you could just it's just practice to to get it better, not practice to figure out how to do it after then. Yeah. Cool. Um, but speaking of that, uh, let's talk about some of your um, your solo stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, you, like you were saying, I think it started as a as an Instagram thing. You were doing like one minute uh, free. Oh, you, you guys call it freestyle pieces. Um, yeah, yeah. And you had you had a, a really cool uh, graphics to go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember yeah. the dashboard one. Uh, what was the dashboard one called? The head one, the the big head. Yeah, the big head. Yeah, yeah. So so um, I started doing this series where I was like, man, I haven't put out anything in a long time. I'm just going to start doing a one minute uh, freestyle series. So I had this guy that 
that did these cool animations for me first. And then I was like, you know what? These are doing well. Let's. And then I met this other guy. He was like, yo, let's. I really like this. Let's step it up a bit, you know. Um, and let's be a bit more creative. And that's when that's when we started to to try to push things a little bit. So we first started out with the chain one, um, and then we did the bobblehead one, and. and and like I said, people just started to be like, "Yo, this is really cool. Like the song is good, but the visual, everything ties in really well together. Um, and so me and him work a lot, uh, a lot together now. Um, uh, he just, he did my drown, the, the music video for drown too, which, you know, which we really, I was really happy with, um, from a creative standpoint, you know, um, uh, and then we have, we have like three or four more being made right now, uh, being worked on now. Um, and, and what we want to start doing is we want to start doing this stuff for other people too, uh, and start doing this for, for, for brands and start doing this for whatever. Um, you know, end of the day, I'm a creative. I, uh, I come up with ideas all the time, you know, and, um, uh, and, and this is what we're trying to build. I'm trying to build this now into, to one day being able to do my own thing, um, in terms of producing content for people and creating stuff for people. Um, however however i can you know so that that's how that started and then uh and then drown was actually a one minute thing and then um we really liked it uh i was recording it with tech and i was like man like he said let's let's do a record let's turn this to a record you know and then we turned it to a song and then that became more songs so i've, I've now got a whole bunch of, of, of stuff i want to start releasing um as me you know supported with these with these with these cool visuals I want to I want to get into to drown and the music video of drown and and that whole thing in just a bit but what's what's the um the difference between writing uh in a group or or you know being being creative in a group versus uh, versus the solo thing does it still feel solo with with you know um having creative partner uh, for the visuals and stuff like that or is there yeah. how does that work for you yeah, it, it's it's a completely different world man writing with the recipe and writing for myself um, it's, it's, it's tough to write in a group, man. It's really tough to make music as a group because you have to compromise on the sound first of all. Uh, and we always go sound first, production first, and then we, we, we write to it. So it's also about, you know, compromising on subject matter, on sound. And then you also have a very limited time to say what you need to say. Um, and how, and how personal you want to get on it. Right. Um, I know, you know, we've had many discussions as a group before where, where Taz would be like, man, like, I don't like this. It's not me, guys. I'm finding it very hard to express myself on this record, you know? Um, same with me. There's one track on the album that I'm not on. Uh, there's one track on the album where I just did the, the little bridge and the chorus because I didn't like it. I was like, I just don't like this beat, you know? Um, so if it was up to me, I wouldn't have used it, you know, um, personally. So there's a, there's a very big difference in that aspect. Um, with my solo stuff, working with, um, it depends, working with this guy uh, that's helped me with the creative because sometimes we'll lead with the creative first, the visual first, and then make the record. That's what happened with Drown. We thought of the idea first and I was like, oh, cool. Let me go, let me, let's, let me go right to this. Um, that gets a bit, that's a bit weird also, you know, like thinking of a video before you write it, you know. Um, but, but whatever works, you know, every, every, everything, whatever, whatever, gets you going you know sometimes it's uh there's a lot of times where i'll be writing and i'll be picturing a video as i write um and, and picturing how i want to see it play out um which i guess are is you, kind are, of 
Is it is, is it usually um more visual for you? Uh, not usually. Not usually. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm, I'm always about the words, right? I'm always about the words. But as soon as I'm like I'm in towards the end of the process, I start to see how I want to see it um, uh, visually. Yeah. Um, I, would, I don't usually, it doesn't mean I go and actually create it, you know, but I, I start to have an idea. Um, I know, I know Suerte is very different. I know Suerte writes a lot of the recipe stuff with the crowd perspective in mind. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, he thinks of, of how it goes performing live. I, I never think of how it, how it's going to be uh, live. Um, so it's interesting how we're all very, very different. Uh, yeah, I, I love, I love um, the differences in the creative process. Actually, just last night, um, a shout out to uh, Tahan and uh, Raz. We went to um, Tahan's studio, and there was, there's a drum set, there's a guitar, there's, there's a microphone laying around. We were just hanging out. It wasn't supposed to be anything, and um, I picked up a guitar, and we're like, let's, let's fucking demo something. It's, it's, uh, you know. Basically, Raz is like a country musician, like a, a independent singer songwriter with a country tinge. Uh, Raz has the alternative uh, rock and and um, big vocal stuff that he does. Yeah. I come from a, a snot nosed fucking metal background. I was like, what, what, uh, you know, the combination can can come out of this. But the the process was more interesting than the result because we had such different writing styles. You know, one would would focus on the lyrics and and the melody, and I was more percussive. I was like, you know, what what actually uh, builds the rhythm uh, in terms of uh, both music and and lyrics. Uh, I write my lyrics percussively and stuff. Um, where Raz was, uh, he'd he'd write something and then try to figure out like how do I make this one thing that I wrote more experimental? Like this is the normal chord. How do I change it and stuff? So. Um, I think everyone's different writing style kind of kind of adds to it, and uh, I've always been fascinated by people that um, that could do it solo. That's why I'm. Uh, yeah, it's, about that. it's definitely it, it's taken me a lot longer uh, solo. Don't I've been I started off solo, but then I've been in the group for ten years. Yeah. Uh, so it, so you kind of like oh man, I only have to write sixteen bars. Yes, you know. And now I now I finish sixteen, and I'm like fuck, I got another sixteen, another. Uh, I'm like oh, for tomorrow, you know, like. Um, it's definitely tough from that aspect. Um, uh, and like I said, I've always been a team player, you know, now you're, now you're accountable, you know, for everything you do by yourself, you know, yeah. um, so I still, so I still have this bit of me. As soon as I've recorded something, I send it straight to the guys in the group channel. What do you think? You know, if you tell me it's good, I'm going to blame you if it's shit, you know? <laughs> so it's like, you know, still, still, the team is still involved in a way, in a way. Yeah. Yeah, um, I wanna I wanna um, show the guys uh, for those that didn't haven't uh, seen it already just a little bit of uh, of drown. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna jump in the comments just before we do that. Uh, Swart is saying our shirts are the best shirts you'll ever wear. That is actually true. They are fucking amazing shirts uh, that Shireen has made available at all Virgin Mega Stores because she's awesome and Motsum is a boss too. Shout out, uh, shout out to Shireen and Motsum. Um, they're the ones that do a, a whole bunch of uh, of the Zvengali stuff as well. Um, we wouldn't uh, we wouldn't have done half the shit we got up to without these two. Uh, seen seen uh, pillars. Um, Mike Angelo saying, are there still b boys in hip hop or am I that old? And uh, and Swarte replied to him, "Yeah, man, there's a yearly jam called Street Jam put together by local boys. That's good. It's a good jam, man. I went there to the last one. That was really dope. There's like nine hours in there, man, and the vibe is good, and and the talent is good, and it's. I was shocked when I saw it. I was like, man, this is dope. 
but yeah it's, it's very active yeah that's very cool and um uh, asad is is replying also to mike shout out to, to asad thank you for tuning in he says there are a few pockets of b-boy groups uh, who hold practice weekly across dubai a few groups who do shows together as well um that's very cool i didn't know that um he also mike adds uh, nasa most deaf are mad good battle rappers and uh, talib uh yeah awesome uh, shout out to mike uh, for for adding that as well he says, I remember the B-Boy crews battling it out so much better than uh, Guns and Knives. Yeah, like we were saying, man, um, I think music for uh, for the snot-nosed uh, shitheads was, uh, was a way to just do something else instead of get, get into trouble. Until you come across someone that's not into music. <laughs> it's like, shit, I gotta find okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, um, I, I, I made a lot of friends... Uh, at fights where mm. you could you, you spot them from from a, you know the Fez'a group here and a group there and I'd just be like Slayer shirt what's up <laughs> <laughs> let's go talk it out over here you know? yeah exactly <laughs> um, uh, you can definitely create a vision with your words true sign of a good writer from Mike Angelo um, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, that's that's how I always see it because that's why I love I love Nas so much man because Nas is, is is one of the few out there that that like he can you can listen to a record of his and you can close your eyes and you can visualize what he's talking about. It, it's just he's just amazing at that. Um, like to a stage like he like I remember when I first went to New York, the first thing I did, man, I, I landed, I went to the uh, the hotel, I grabbed my 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 MP3 player, put my headphones on, and I walked down to the street and I just played New York State of Mind and and, and his first album. And I just walked. I didn't know where I was going, man. I was just walking with mm-hmm. this soundtrack of the city in my head, and, you know. And 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 and, um, and yeah, that's why I love. Like it's so visual, you know. And and and, and that's and that's that's why, like I said, I've always been into him and the and the writing aspect of it, you know. This record. Let's. Um. I'm gonna. I'm gonna start uh, drown, and yep. um. And we'll meet back here in, in just a bit. I'm gonna quickly grab something. And come back. Go for it. And fire in the comments if you guys dig it. Drowning, drowning slow, slipping more, down it goes. Falling in and spinning till it's round as old. My calling for sinning, I'm heading down below. I'm falling past the visions of my well wishes. Right into the heads of where there's hell vicious. Pressure on my chest, I feel I cannot breathe. They tell me only via death is how I leave. So I breathe, let the water in, let the water win, so I can feel myself breathe. Let the water in, let the water in, so I can feel myself. So I can feel myself. Swimming now, drinking, not sipping, not tripping, now we are not getting out. We are not, we are not, we will right here till we figure out. Better seven dollars. That we are not able to say that the table were big amounts, big accounts. When I was younger, they told me to get every triggers out, triggers out. My homies around me, they dying, they falling for bigger house, bigger house, bigger grave. We all drown for a different wave, every problem on a different page. So I breathe, let the water in, let the water win. 
so I could feel myself drown. Feel myself drown. I can feel myself drown. I can feel myself drown. 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 I think that that was uh it's one of my favorite videos um to come out of out of the Middle East and uh, and that made me fall in love with the the music. So I it, it kind of worked hand in hand for me like seeing the the visuals and and listening to the song I was like damn cuz I don't I don't I don't know if I would if I would have consumed it just in audio if I would have had the same uh, attachment to it but yeah. um super well done. I think I think that's one of the coolest things um to come out in a, in a real long time. Thank you man, I appreciate. It. Um yeah, that was my guy Marian, he he shot that um and what I love about about it is we didn't know how to do it. He didn't even know how to do it. He was like, "You know what? This is the idea I have, let's figure it out." You know, um uh originally originally we wanted it we wanted me to be um like a dissolving pill mm-hmm. to 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 be thrown into a glass and and start to dissolve um but that would that would wouldn't have been interesting for a minute only uh for 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 longer than a minute you know so we we decided to to layer it a, uh, a bit you know um And I, sorry to sorry to cut you off. And I just realized to everyone that's listening to this uh, audio only uh, on Spotify or Anchor, um, I'm going to leave the descri- in, the, in the description a link to to the video. Uh, click it while while you listen to the rest of this because uh, you'll you'll understand what we're talking about. Sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, uh, yeah. So the interesting thing about that record was that's probably the f- I don't really rap on that record. It's the first time I've ever done anything where I don't really rap on it. Um, So it was completely new for me. Um, so I was really worried and nervous about putting it out. Um, but I wrote that. I wrote that in like 20 minutes. It's the quickest I've ever wrote a record before. Um, and I wrote it in 20 minutes, uh, and it just it just happened, you know, and it felt right. Um, but the video was <laughs> the video was man, it was it was fun, but at the same time, it was like super challenging. Shout out to Loki. Loki was my 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 stuntman slash. Uh, Not my stuff, man. My, my my water testing guy because I had, we were, we shot it in in December and it was freezing and the pool was so cold, like the pool was so cold that Marian, the camera guy, wouldn't even get in the water. All right, and Luke is actually uh, uh, in the comments. He says, uh, "I was the test stuntman for this video. Got a bunch of BTS videos on my Instagram at Swerte MC. Shameless plug." I hate him. <laughs> I've I've seen I've seen those videos. That it's, uh, it's actually super interesting. So if you um, if you do want to check out the behind the scenes, um, I'll actually also post it in the description of this video at the end of it. Uh, awesome. uh, a link to to Suerte's Instagram. But yeah, it, it's it must have been a mind fuck trying to trying to get that like idea birthing an idea from from something as, as crazy as that. Yeah, it's it's you know, um, and especially when 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 the guy is also who he wants to learn how to do it too, you know, and and do the technique. Um, uh, so, but it's interesting, man, when you like uh, how we did it and, and how it came together. The only the only drawback to to doing that, and as you know, we, we there's a lot of effects behind it too, mm-hmm. um, is that the drawback is people. A lot of people don't actually think I was really in the water. 
lot of people oh, were saying, people, people think saying, it was it was just uh, green screen or something. Yes, everyone was like, oh, good CGI work or good uh, good editing. I'm like, bro, I was in the water, man. Like, I was in the water for that whole thing except the end, you know? Like, uh, so it's 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 great. It's actually a good thing because it was a regular Dubai villa in Meredith pool, compound pool, you know, the blue pool, you know? So, so the fact that we managed to, to put that screen in the water, um, to give it the, the black, you know, uh, and, and make it look like it wasn't in that pool makes me happy, you know? Uh, but yeah, so, so it's good. It's cool. And, uh, I remember from behind the scenes there, like, um, that that first initial uh, plunge into the water, they they had like a pool stick against your yeah. chest, and and yeah. they pushed physically pushed you down while while the you were you were saying that last line. Yeah, yeah, because he because he needed me to to be horizontal and go down. Right, uh, if I, if it was just my head, I wouldn't be able to look up at the camera like that, like uh, in, in a great way, and I wouldn't go down properly. So I had to like lie flat on my back. And at the same time, I had weights in my in my jeans, right? Because I needed to go down and stay down, and I needed to be horizontal almost. So, so Luki was outside the pool, sort of with the pool stick. This fucking guy, and he's not even like he's just jabbing, you know, trying to push me down and, and under. The road was so cold, man. Like it was three hours, I think, three three and a half hours. And then when I came out, I was like, "Yeah, see, I'm good, guys. I'm good." And they were like, "Bro, look at your legs," and my legs were just going like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, and my eyes were fucked and then the next day because it was so cold the next day I was all stiff and my muscles were cramping and everything but, but it was worth it man like uh, by the end of by the end of the, the shoot I could do the whole uh, the whole record in one breath I did the whole record in one take under the water and I was like oh damn man Practice. you did the whole thing uh, under the water? yeah the whole because we had to do a whole take right so uh because uh, we weren't sure yet on how to transition to the end that came after yeah. you know so we did the whole thing underwater and uh, at first I could barely get the first few words out then you figure out the technique and then you got Zen Master Suerte on the side you know he's like he's like bro take shallow breaths like <laughs> and then take a big one you know <laughs> he's doing all this like coaching that he that I don't know where he learned it from but it, but it, it worked out you know it was dope that's awesome, man. Uh, that, that's a that's a great video. Um, Han in the comments is saying, uh, "Yo, this is legitimate, legitimately uh, a dope video. Easily one of the best I've seen for a Dubai dude." Oh man, I appreciate that, Han. Thank I you. I think, uh, yeah, I think, I think, just um, in Dubai or otherwise, I think it's uh, it's one of those that uh, if if you can get a, a metalhead like me to to stop and and download and stream and and put it on the, I think um, there's a there's a lot of uh, good elements to it. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, I think that's always been been one of my my things, man. Where people have always been able to say, like, yo, the video was cool. Like, it was something different. Like, uh, like uh, the one I the one that I did was so basic, man. I did it a few years ago. It was so basic, but people really liked it. Was um, I, I redid a, a version of J Cole's track, mm-hmm. and uh, and J Cole. Uh, so I wrote my own, but I just used his beat. Uh, and, and, and J Cole was sitting on the back of a truck. Uh, one of those F-150s, whatever, and the, you know, and he's just sitting and the camera's just tracking, following him and he's rapping on the back of the truck. So I was like, fuck this, I'm going to do my own version. So I went in, in, in Jamaica and I got one of those, uh, my friend, my friend's gardener. And I was like, bro, I need you. 
I need you on your, I need your, you know, that, that typical bike, like, and he's a Capitan, you know, he's wearing his, uh, his thing and everything. He's got the hat, the belt little hat. And he just wrote me around Jumeirah and I'm sitting on the back of his bike and I'm rapping to the camera and stuff. Yeah. It, I, it, it was just, it's just us. You know what I mean? Like this is people recognize it. Like this is what we grew up around. This is, this is our culture, our life. So, so it was super, I broke his bike though. And it, uh, it was too heavy, but it was, it was super cool. <laughs> but you know, that's interesting. Um, when you say this is, this is us, this is our culture. We, we touched on it a little while ago, but yeah. um, one of the things that, uh, that I'm always curious about is, you know, there, we we still don't have a sound here. We don't have like um, you know. There, there's there's you were saying you know East Coast. You were very much uh, an East Coast guy. There's uh, the Atlanta stuff. There's the West Coast. There's you know Swedish death metal. There's a Norwegian black metal. Um, I don't. I feel like we still haven't gotten a or or ever will probably uh, a UAE or like oh that sounds like a Middle Eastern hip hop group or that sounds like a Middle Eastern band. Yeah, I mean, like, like, well, well, back then, the the thing that identified East West uh, Southern hip hop was 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 the music itself, right? And of course, they had the the style that they rapped in, right? But but the music was a big part of it. The sound of it was very big. Like you know, with Dr. Dre, you could identify a Dr. Dre record from miles away compared to a DJ Premier record, for example, or, or whatever it was. Um, but you know now those lines are blurring a bit too right because hip-hop is just changing so much uh those lines are blurring too and and the most you'll probably hear is an accent mm-hmm. um okay this guy's from the south or this guy's from the west uh, it, it, it's in their accent but like so so what's happening in in middle eastern hip-hop scene now is actually quite interesting because it's starting to, to take on some originality um the beats are gonna always be reflective of whatever is happening at the moment but but you have guys like freak now you know that are doing their own version of arabic drill music uh and he's booming right now and, and, and freak is killing it you have these kids in saudi um what, what's what's that guy's name in saudi a uh, little easy uh, in saudi uh and, and the guys from bahrain which is like flipperachi and outlaw and them and they're doing their own version in their own dialects and in their own slang um yeah. some of them rapping in English and throwing in a, a word or two, you know, um, where we never used to do that before. Um, we used to just use a slang of the US or the UK, but now we're using, incorporating our own with more. So so that's where it's heading and it's quite nice because because people are now seeing success in it. There was no success in it before so people wouldn't do it. But now people yeah. are seeing success in it and I think especially for the UAE, Freak has just kicked down the door, bro. Mm-hmm. And uh and now all these all these other artists in, in, in the city uh, that never threw in, even though they're Arabs, you know, they never threw in that stuff in their music before. Are now throwing in hints of it here and there, because man, like, you know, there's success in it. But like, I, but, but but what I was talking today about uh, to Elia, I was saying like like at the end of the day, it's just a matter of you being you. That's the most important thing, yeah. right? Because we're as an audience, man, we're not as dumb as we used to be. You know, we are so overexposed to content, man. We're we're so overexposed now. We see through shit. You know, Jason yeah. Derulo, Jason Derulo posts a TikTok of him doing some crazy weird thing for like two hours. Everyone's like, "Oh my god!" And then like we're over it. We know what you're doing. We know it's a trick. We know it's fake. You know. Um. So 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 people now are like being authentic is is super key. 
it's always been in hip hop. Being authentic has been super key. And, and and people like Freak, man, I know Freak before he was a rapper, right? I know I know Freak. Freak used to come to our gigs with us and be Freak, backstage. Uh, the metalhead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, um, and, and and he's always just been him. You know, he's always just been who he is, and he's doing the same now with his music, and, and, and it's translating, right? Because he's just genuine, and and when you're as an audience or as a fan, you want to you buy into that, you buy into something that you feel is real, right? Um, so so he's having, man, I'm so proud of him, man, and his success is is just, it's amazing, man. The things he's doing now, uh, and um, yeah. But 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 I'm happy that like going back to what you said, it's 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 becoming a sound of the UAE, right? Mm-hmm. Because like you play his record to ten Arabs, right, from different different countries, they won't know what the fuck he's saying. Yeah. They might pick up a word or two, or they, they won't understand it because it's uniquely sort of here, right? It's yeah, uniquely yeah. sort of lingo from here. Um, so so that's that's nice, you know, uh, and that's I, good. I was telling him when uh, when he was on the show, um, he almost he almost, uh, and I don't know I don't know if this is true. You're in advertising, so you can you can tell me if the, if this is a thing or not. But he almost uh, kind of brands each song. It's almost a sonic logo. Yeah, like, yeah. Matt he repeats it like a thousand times, and it's just it turns into like a a chime. You know, like j- mm-hmm. just that's that's the sonic logo of that song. And I think um, the the fact that he's using the like super. Um, Super um, native kind of slang is is something that's uh, that's hasn't been done before in the Middle East in terms of these uh, I'll, I'll call it alternative genres like hip hop and and rock and stuff like that not not anything mainstream um, which is very cool but who else who else do you um, as someone that's been in it for ten years and and still through it who else do you have uh, on your list of uh, of next generation kind of uh, um, I like uh, tech. Your attack. You uh, uh, you have a song with him. I I'm pulling it up right now. Uh, yeah, uh, in the parking uh, lot. Yeah, I have a lot of songs with him. Um, tech. He he's a machine, man. He's a young young kid. Uh, it's, dude, I I I I I'm not biased. I tell this to everybody. Like, I don't think there's ever been a rapper better come from here. Um, like, dude, to me, he's world class. Like that's how I put it, um, and uh, the, the the sky is a limit for him, you know. Um, and I genuinely believe in in him, and I believe if he does a few of the right steps, you know, think good things will happen for him, you know. Um, but he's been very, uh, he's very close to us. Uh, we help him in any way we can. Um, more than anything, he's just a good person. Um, so I really like Tech as an artist. Um, I like Menon. Um, I like Menon. Uh, I never used to really like Menon, but I like him more and more um, because a lot of a lot of uh, for me a lot of like regardless of the music, I also look at at, at at how much someone grinds. You know, me and you know people know that when you've been doing this for a long time, man. Like, there's a lot of people that have come in, come and gone. Yeah, people that have come on for six months, eight months. All they want to do is make a video and try to get a few bitches. That's that's their words, you know. Um, and to me, it's like, dude, I don't take you seriously. Like, I, I put so much into this. I put so much into this. Sacrifice so much. You mean nothing to me. So I will not promote you. I will not help you. I will not share whatever. But people like men, 
who grind so much and work so hard uh, and show so much improvement and they're just amazing like Menon is, is another talent that is that is amazing um uh i like um man, my list is really small dude i don't really share um much people stuff but when i do share it it, it means something you know to to me um i think i think that's uh that's actually something that i i i genuinely appreciate when someone when i ask like who's your favorite artist from here or who who are some of the the up-and-comers um a shorter list uh, i appreciate more than someone that just names everyone yeah. um which has happened in in both cases and I, i've had to step some people back like all right that's that's basically everyone in the scene but who are your favorites you know just yeah. uh, you don't shout them out just because uh, a lot of people you know would would uh, be a little um, hurt because you didn't mention their names or something like that. But yeah, uh, I, live, I appreciate shorter lists. And we live in a reshare society, man, a repost society, right? So yeah. people are shouting out people just so they, they get shouted out next time. You know what yeah. I mean? People are reposting their videos, hoping that when they drop something, they get reposted. It's all bullshit. Like um, everyone is, is, in my opinion, everyone healthy competition is good but everyone's a bit too like oh i love him i love him i love him everyone's my friend like shut up man like it, it's not making sense to me how you 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 uh get 800 reposts of your song and 200 of them are artists right and you have 600 streams like it doesn't make sense to me something's going on you know people yeah. are doing for you to repost them and them to repost you and whatever you know but no um, one's clicking through and, and actually giving it the, the time yeah yeah and you know and and um i see that a lot man and that's why i i have a smaller following than most people but i have a good following and um and there's been people that have come up to me and said no oh, i never like I'll, I'll say it here like people that have come up to me and said like i never listened to tech in my life until you until you posted it and said check him out you know, and then because your word means something, right? Uh, so, um, you know, and, and uh, so I think that's important, you know. So I like Tag, I like Menon. Um, I really like this this kid called Sizer. He's a British, uh, I don't know, British, he's Arab, but I don't know exactly where, I don't know him, that's the thing. But yeah. I just like him and I'm following him. He's another workhorse, a young kid very very talented i think um i like him obviously freak like uh i think freak is a star um uh, and i i i don't i've never said that about anyone you know freak is someone that you know you walk he walks into a room and people are like who's this dude you know yeah. and, and and there's a quality that 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 you hear people talk about you know like you you read you hear stories of casting agents you hear stories from music managers and music execs and big big guys and they say like dude there's just something about him you know yeah I, when i uh, when i had him on the show i was telling him even you you dress like you're already uh, you're already famous man it's it's weird. Yeah, yeah. and but he's always been like that he was yeah. always like that he was always just fresh you know yeah. and, and and that doesn't come by force that comes naturally right yeah and and, and like i remember the first time i saw there's only two celebrities I've met where I froze, not out of like uh, in awe. I don't. I'm not that dude. Like uh, I'm very whatever. You're human, but um, it was Fifty Cent and Snoop Dogg, mm-hmm. right? Out of everyone I've met, and, and Fifty was like about three meters from me, and I just stopped, and I was like, "Yo, there's like this energy from this dude, man. Mm-hmm. There's like." A, 
power radiating from this dude. I don't, I can't explain it. And like the hair on your arm stands up, you know, you're like, this is what they talk about. This is what you hear about when people say that this guy is a star just from who he is. The music and everything else doesn't matter, you know, like he's, he's a star. And I felt that when I saw him and I felt that when I saw Snoop Dogg and I was like, man, like everything about this guy, his walk, his talk, everything about him. I'm like, dude, you're a star. And, and true enough, he's a mega star that hasn't really had a massive hit in a very long time, but it's still a mega star yeah. because star quality. And, and, and I don't want to, you know, float freaks boat too much and sound like I'm like that, but I believe that he's like that. I see it in him. Um, I see it when he walks in the room, how people look at him, you know, uh, and the music is good too, you know, um, and he's figured it out, you know, and, and, and it helps that he was a creative before, uh, making music. Right. So he's in film. He, he makes video. He, so he, he does, yeah, yeah. Freelancing videography and editing and yeah. stuff as well. So he understands how, how, how video and, and look and, 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 and taste, taste is important, you know? Mm-hmm. And and to me, skaters have some of the best taste in the world, man. You know, skaters are fucking fashion icons, bro. You know, everything we wear now, skaters wore five years ago, and they stopped wearing it because we started wearing it. You know, like yeah, I, I love um, uh, what was it? Uh, I forget her name. One of the Kardashians, one of the younger ones, uh, wore uh, a Slayer T-shirt and a, yeah. and a plaid shirt over it. Uh, so so the Slayer guy went on stage that night when they were on tour with a shirt that said kill the Kardashians and I was like yo this is some integral like cross social platforms kind of beef no one else would ever understand that there's beef between this like I don't know whatever she was like a 21 year old uh, kid basically and and the guy (laughs) from Slayer for for wearing their Um, t-shirt but yeah you're right like that that kind of that um grunge look that skater look kind of became became a thing which it still yeah. f- freaks me out and 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 like and fashion especially in hip-hop man it plays a big role it plays a big role like people they want to buy into you they want to buy into your look and, and and your style like end of the day man when we were kids we looked up to artists right um we looked up not just to their music we looked up to them as gods right like in everything they did like whether it was an all, action all encompassing basically everything yeah, they yeah. did and we bought the whole package so this is what you have to tell these guys it's like it's like people don't need to just buy you buy your music they need to buy into you you know that's the reason why travis scott goes to festivals and people are losing their mind they bought into him that's why he has sneakers that sell out that's why he has clothes that sell out they bought the whole deal you know And, and i think i think uh freak freak has that man and i think freak is on the cusp um and i told him like i told him last year or two years ago i said just keep pushing you're you're, shout, you're getting there. just don't shout stop out, yeah. shout out to freak and, uh, yeah. and uh, good yeah. luck on all his success that's a good transition what what to you is um i know it differs very uh, very drastically between everyone but what to you is the definition of success man success is um i, I talk about i talk about this a lot like like you said it's different for everybody right so so i don't have a number one fucking record in billboard i've never had a billboard record maybe one day i might maybe one day i won't that to oh, wait, me that- uh, side side the uh, tangent here yeah. we're speaking yeah, of number yeah. ones uh the recipe um funerals and purgatory was actually a number one on itunes middle east for for a while right 
No, the recipe single death to get here before mm-hmm. funerals and purgatory went was number one on iTunes mm-hmm. here. Uh, but I'll be very real with you. I don't know what that means in terms of numbers because iTunes was still uh, a baby here then. I'm glad. I'm glad you said that because because uh, um, we had uh, we had this Vengali album in uh, in Virgin Megastore and uh, okay. and uh, at one point it was um, number one on the Virgin Megastore UAE charts. Yeah. And uh, I was like, but how many people are buying CDs? Like, what? What's what's number one? Did we outsell them by twelve? Like, uh, what what does number one mean? And I started looking into that, and I realized like th- these numbers and and that title is very cool for for advertising uh, yeah. abroad, especially like yeah. you know we got number one. <laughs> yeah, but um, but when when you look at when you look at it uh, within uh, within numbers here, it's um, it's heartbreaking because. You're stoked that it's number one, and it's heartbreaking the, that it's like you know a hundred copies or, or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, and probably in, in a lot of cases less. You know, um, uh, I think I know the numbers you're talking about. I worked in Virgin for a while, man. One of my fucking shithead day jobs, you know, and uh, where I hated my life. But so I understand how 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 it works there. And and yeah, I mean, the number one on the iTunes thing, we only use that for whatever we needed to do outside of Dubai. You know, um, I don't know if that was 100 copies. I don't know if it was seven. You know, <laughs> like uh, I'm pretty sure seven could have done the job back then. You know, um, uh, but yes. Yeah, so, sorry, uh, back to, that, to success. Uh, I just wanted to, to touch on that. So success, you know, like is uh, it's always been like for me. You know, as someone that that loves the craft of hip hop and the the. The, the skill and the writing element of you know of old hip hop like how what it really was back then and being measured like success to me was was working with Talakwali you know and doing a song with him success to me was working with Mob Deep like Prodigy my fucking idol as a kid and being in a studio with him and, and working and these guys telling you like yo man you you can rap you know so success to me is is, is that also you know success to me is also how this saved me. You know, from 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 you know in life, you know, and yeah. that's success to me also. You know, like, um, so it's it's measured very differently. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I never had a goal. Yes, it would be nice, but I never had a goal to be this mega star touring the world. Uh, I'm more happy to 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 go indie on the road and and just and and just be heard and, and be appreciated like that. But you know, if it happened, it happened. But you know, it, um. But success to me is just being respected for what what I did, and the little achievements along the way. Like at, at 14 years old, I never would have dreamed that I would have been in a room with Mob Deep in a studio. Yeah. You know, out of all the groups in the world in hip hop, this is the one I idolized. You know, and I feel yeah. like I will that shit to happen. You know, um, I used to write them emails, bro, when internet first started. You know, like I was featured on on Mob Deep's store when I was 16. But the worst freestyle ever. But I think it was just because no one had the internet back then, and there was no submissions. <laughs> so I was featured as like artist of the month on their thing. I was so good, and um, so so that to me was success. You know, the uh, quality feature, uh, the shows, the opportunity to like. And I always tell the guys like, like, yo, there's people that have paid money for you to stand on this stage right now, man. Regardless of if there's 10 people here or 10,000 people, man, someone has put money in your pocket to do this. You know, be proud of that. Um, you know, uh, 
And I, I even remember telling Freak that when we were in London, we were in London. I went down with, I was there with him in, in, in London for his gig. And I said to Freak, like, man, I, uh, appreciate this moment, bro. You're in London. You're not even from here. You know, you're from Abu Dhabi, man. And there's people that have paid to come here tonight, man, to watch you. Like, uh, that's fucking dope, bro. Like, let that sink in, you know? It's amazing, yeah. you know? Um, so, so these little things, man, you know, because, because 10 years ago, like I try to put myself in that position where 10 years ago I would have died to be on a stage, right? Any stage, any stage. And now I'm on a stage and I'm like, oh, this is not big enough. You know, like, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, you know all we wanted to do was be heard, you know? So, you know, now I still want to be heard. Yeah, I understand that, that your demands get bigger, you know, uh, you know, but it, it's all been a success, man. It's, it's, it's the fact that I'm talking to you now is, is to me is uh, another form of success, you know, um, and th- that someone actually wants to hear what I have to say, you know, you know, like I come from, from, from somewhere where people don't want to hear what I had to say, you know, um, and people wouldn't give you the opportunity to talk, um, and a lot of my, yeah, a lot of my I, friends would never give them the mic, and they tell tell me your story. Yeah, you know? so it's interesting. You, um, you and I have uh, have that in common. Uh, I, th- I think I, I also the um, kind of I don't measure it as as one goal that's achieved or not. It's not a yes or no kind of thing for me. It's little increments of uh, of. Uh, you know, little little things that that make me think, "fuck yes." Um, from uh, especially when it comes to, to uh, the music stuff, from from one person, the first person to uh, who's actually here, Ahmed Munir, uh, to say, "Yo, man, that song, like, it changed my mood that day," or, or that song made me think a different way. From one person saying that to like, "fuck," lyrics I wrote, screaming into a, a shitty microphone uh, recorded through a laptop, changed someone's day. You know, yeah. just that, that to me was like, I, that in that moment, I was like, I made it. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's really, it's amazing. Like you have, but you really have to step away from yourself. Right. And you really have to step outside of yourself and observe it from that angle. Right. Yeah. Like, because, because most people wouldn't, wouldn't understand that. Most people would just take that. Oh, cool. Thank you. But they wouldn't see like, bro, you just changed someone's day. You know what I mean? This guy had a shit day. And your mute, like you know, so you gotta like look at it from different perspectives, uh, uh, and then that's how I try to look at everything. I always try to look at some things like Kaz says it. Kaz says it all the time about me that I don't look at things straight on. You know, I'll look at it from this way, then I'll look at it from here, and I'll look at it from here, uh, and that helps you appreciate, you know, like uh, things a bit more. You know, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, and um, yeah, it, I, I think I think the the big moments are that like uh the the whole uh when things come full circle like you were saying you know uh, people you grew up with are, are being featured you're you're you know working with people that that you idolize and stuff like that Th- those are those are some moments i got a chance to um i was at dubai desert rock 2005 i was like fucking 16 years old or 15 years old oh i can't do math i might have been younger but uh but I, then we uh, we got to open for Sepultura in 2019 here in Dubai, and I I walked up to Derek Green and I was like, "Yo, when I was when I was 15, you're the reason I wanted to be in a band. Yeah, uh, yeah you yeah. guys, I I got to see you guys and Machine Head for the the my first festival, and and you're the reason I wanted to be in a band. And it, there was just this like weird euphoria moment of 
Like I had flashbacks of running to the stage to be first barricade, and now I'm I'm having a drink with this guy, going, "Yo, uh, you know, actually, it's uh, you're the reason I'm here," uh, which is which is pretty fucking cool. I think those those like full circle moments are are very uh, very interesting. Yeah. And, and and it's 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 amazing, man. And and the more the more you do it, you know, and, and the further along you go, the more these things start to happen. Like uh, you know, it, like you're at Soul DXB, for example, and you're back. I'm backstage at Soul DXB, and, and, and the Wu Tang is here. Like like the Wu Tang is literally ten meters away from me, standing outside their trailer. You have uh, YBN, whoever. You have Talib Quality running past. You know, you have Mo, uh, most deaf running. Like it's just all these dudes in this back uh, back of house area. They have these cabins. Yeah, you're just like. And, and you take it for granted, right? Because you're focusing on your own stuff. You finish your set or whatever it is, and you're just talking to your friends. And then you just you need to step back for a second and just look look to your left and your right, and I'll be like, man, like these are the people I, I idolized and, and grew up to, and they're standing in front of me, and it's unreal, you know how how the gap is just closed. It got closer like ten. It was ten yeah. meters away, you know. And then um, it becomes two meters away when they start talking. Like you know, these gaps just start to, to get closer. It's just awesome, man. Um, and 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 one thing I started to learn also was how small the industry actually is because everyone knows everyone. You know, 100%. you talk, uh, yeah, you talk to this guy, you're like, oh, dude, he's like, oh yeah, that's his his manager. Yeah, we're cool and all that, you know. And it all starts to link, uh, but that only comes through the grind, right? Um, so I met all these artists in in the in the old days, like these 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 popping artists, and I'm like, you know, you always as as a, as a youth, you always want to, you hope that they're they're gonna discover you and you're gonna get famous or whatever. And you, you talk to them, and all they ever say to you is keep grinding, keep yeah. grinding. And you hear that so much, you start to think, man, these guys are all fucking haters, man. They're all fucking bunch of assholes. But then now I realize, you know, what they were saying is that you keep grinding, these doors start to open, you know, yeah. and you start to meet these people, and and and. And, and, and it's like perseverance, you know, like show us you want this and show us how hard you work because you talking to me means you've worked hard enough to get here. Yeah. You know yeah, I mean? 100%. yeah. And also uh, to go back to what you were saying, like um, uh, the, the numbers of following versus like the attention you get from the following. I think uh, what I used to have was the the fame, right? Like the you stand on a stage and there's uh, a, a bunch of thousand people there. Um, you know, I, I had the the Metallica uh, at Download Festival as my my wallpaper on uh, on the bedroom wall and stuff. But now it's just like I don't give a fuck about the numbers. I care about the the three four people that really give a shit. You know what I mean? Like I the the thousand people that really give a shit. The people that have the fucking logo tattooed on them that yes. like means so much to me. Way more than than standing on stage in front of thousands. That's crazy. You got people tattooed, tattooed the logo, man. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's yeah. it's insane, and uh, and it it just like it it takes me back. I got goosebumps now just talking about it. Like someone gives a shit enough to to where that shit will last longer than they do. You know what I mean? <laughs> crazy. It, it'll still be around after they're gone until it until it d- disintegrates. And they chose to get as Bengali logo. That's crazy. I can't imagine someone tattooing, having the nerve to tattoo Peace Star. <laughs> I'd be like, yo, are you okay? Let me explain this name to you, bro. <laughs> By the way, speaking of that name, um, yeah. another side tangent here. Uh, I, uh, when I When I was doing some research and stuff, there's a an action movie that just came out of Hong Kong. 
In Hong Kong, yes, I know. Called dude, you're, P-Storm. You're a man, bro. Yo, and, I like, and I was like, yo, we need to talk about this. I like that you did this research, man. You're the only guy that's ever asked me that question, man. I see that shit everywhere, bro. And I seen it when I, I was actually in Hong Kong when it came out. Um, so I was walking around, I posted it on my story, and I was like, yo, check this shit out, man. It's all over the city, these posters. I'd never seen it. Um, all I know is that there's a part one called L-Storm. Okay. So I guess they're just going to go through the fucking go alphabet. through the alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> like, and so, you know, I don't know. That's so cool that you mentioned that, man. That's, that's really funny. Because um, I was like, because cause I, I, uh, I know you have uh, roots in Hong Kong and stuff. So when I was reading the article, I was like, wait, did he make a fucking movie? What is this? <laughs> so that's what I did when I was first in Hong Kong, right? I, I, I saw the poster in the subway. And I just, I just, I didn't show the characters. I was like, guys, check this shit out. And I moved Easter and I had the, the, the cinemas and dates and everything. I was like, yeah, boy. <laughs> but nah, I don't I've even seen it. I use the Hong iTunes and it keeps popping up on my fucking Apple TV too to watch it. I'm like, I refuse. <laughs> well, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, f- we'll find the day where, uh, where there's a single dropping or something where we could do a screening of, of Peace Term of the movie. Um, I got, I got two more questions, uh, for sure. you and then, and then I'll let you go, but I just want to jump into the comments again. Mm-hmm. Um, where were we? Uh, Suerte. Oh, we're, we're going back to, um, to drown. We haven't read the comments for a while. Um, oh, okay. EOP held his breath and, and did the whole verse underwater for the whole song multiple times for like two hours for two days. Yeah. We, and, we uh, Asad saying, uh, how were you keeping in sync with the track when you can't hear underwater? Ah, uh, this is, uh, JBL waterproof, uh, you know, that little capsule. Yeah. 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 yeah dude. We, we didn't even know if it would work. We just said only one way to find out, throw it in the water <laughs> and it worked and it was great. Oh, uh, Suerte added, uh, it was inside a spinny's bag. Nah, bro, it wasn't, man. We tied the, we tied it to the, we tied it to the, the ladder to get out of the pool, and uh, mm-hmm. there was no bag in it. It's, it's waterproof, up to a certain amount of uh, depth. And uh, Yusuf tuned in. Shout out to Yusuf. I think that's Tack. Uh, shout out to to Tack. Thank uh, you for for tuning in. He says um, he he throws up some horns, and uh, Swerty says, uh, "Yo, sorry, I'm just gonna get this cat out of the way." Uh, Swerty says, uh, "Yo, he just said uh, you're the only world class artist in the UAE." Yes, he did. Oh, man, that makes me so happy from Yusuf. I'm gonna clarify the world class rapper. The world class yeah. rapper. There we yeah. go. Yeah. Uh, Ahmed Munir saying he isn't wrong. Tak truly is a world class artist in the making. That's why I said rapper. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. He's not a world class artist yet. In the making. Yeah, shout out to, shout out to Ahmed Munir and shout out to Tak. Thank you for tuning in, man. Um, we, uh, we played a bit, of, uh, a bit of the video you guys made together, uh, at least uh, in the parking lot. That um, was the first time I ever met him. Oh yeah, we, you know, we shot that. I never met him before. We shot, we did the song, and then I showed up, and and he was like, "Hey, let's shoot this video." All right, <laughs> that's very cool. I yeah. I feel like um, uh, Tak is one of the people that's also uh, has that uh, kind of production value to videos and online stuff, uh, like like uh, following the footsteps of the uh, the recipe, because yeah. um, he's he's got that like uh, yeah. production value to it too. 
Yeah, he's starting to to release content. So this is something we we spoke about before, saying like you got to put out music, uh, and you're putting out really shit videos, bro. Um, so your music is really good, but your videos are really shit. Um, you need to sort of try to equal it, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so people want quality, man. So so he's been shout out to him, like you know, with limited resources, he's been learning himself and and making things look a bit better. Um, you know, so it's, it's gradual, but it, but it, but I believe it has to go hand in hand. Like yeah. uh, when you have really good product and you have really bad visuals, uh, people don't take it seriously. You know? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Swerte saying, "Man, this is a long, entertaining show. I've had three bottles of wine. <laughs> oh, thank you for sticking around, man. Um, it's uh, I'm I'm uh, a genuine fan, and uh, and I'm always uh, always very curious about artists and." and uh, the creative process so uh, i know i know it does uh, drag on a little but um just as, yeah, a, as a fan i i dig it went by quick man yeah man it's been uh, it's been two hours and a half we're uh, we're we're staying strong i'm just i'm just like trying to keep like, leaning over and my cigarette thing is has stopped charging and i'm like going into withdrawal <laughs> panic now and all that you know? <laughs> well we're we're almost there i got i got two questions um kaz is saying i'm on my fourth beer uh and um i just want the wine uh from from khan khan wants uh wants uh, suerte's wine uh suerte saying let me just say that adnan is the best host ever thank you brother uh that means that means a lot to me man i went from someone that um that has like massive social anxiety and and couldn't put a string of, a sentence together to to talking to people for uh for hours on end which is uh it, it's 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 been an uphill battle but we're we're at episode forty nine. I think it's uh, it's working. Yeah, um, I, was, I was shocked. I seen that when you when you when you posted that. I was like episode forty nine. Like wow, man, that's dope, man. That's, that's that's congrats, man. Salute to you. Thank you, man. Thank you, dude. Um, it's worth saying. I saw that poster about the the peace storm, <laughs> the peace storm poster. Uh, yeah. and Tack is adding my heart. That rapper part means the most to me. Um, that was the first time he also adds for for the video. Yeah, Zach is a good kid, man. Good kid. So um, my, we need to buy him some shoes, though, man. Let's let's, let's start a fund to get Zach some shoes, man. This guy just does everything in his fucking sliders, bro. <laughs> I watched the first time I watched him perform. He was performing in sliders, bro. All, All right, right Zach, we gotta we gotta talk about uh, we gotta talk about the shoes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And um, uh, Soul is in the house. He says, "Bal al million," which is, uh, I think, that's six zeros, which means, um, "Here's to here's to a million, basically, uh, for those that uh, that don't speak Arabic." Thank you, man. Thank you, Soul. Thank you for all the support. And um, this, uh, like I said, I uh, I uh, I plug them uh, everywhere I can. But this honestly would not be doable without any of these names uh, they're the ones um, you know keeping the lights on around here it's, it's super uh, hard to say no to uh, to going out for a job especially when you're freelancing or, or, or doing production stuff uh, to do something like this but uh, the idea that the patrons are, are supporting and I could actually say no to some jobs to make sure that an episode comes out uh, is entirely because of them um, so so it's uh, it's been amazing um so yeah let's uh, let's talk about uh, the future where's uh, where's um peace storm 
seeing the the future uh, we um, we didn't touch on it uh, and i think it's a good thing uh the uh, the pandemic and and the restrictions and all that stuff um, um but i just feel like it's a it's it's something that everyone is is already struggling with and uh we already know outcomes and and how hard it's been for everyone yeah, yeah. so um let's talk ideas and and future yeah i mean look for the future for me um you know music wise I'm working on my my solo stuff now. Um, it's, I'm just getting it all lined up now. I'm super excited for it because it, it's it's things that and styles that people have never heard from me before. Um, so so that's all. I, music wise, I'm just committed to to getting that out now. Uh, doing that, uh, you know, I have a project with Tech also that we need to sit and talk about to get out. Um, and we also have a little recipe EP we've been working on since the since this whole thing pandemic uh, started, um, and that's like four songs or three four songs that are super cool that we're that we're in the middle of uh, doing now. So so from that aspect, man, it's just we're just gonna always keep doing that, you know, um, trying new things, um, you know, uh, and try to trying to get involved in the community and see how we can help. Um, you know, and, and personally, for, for myself now, like I said, I wanted to start to to be able to keep putting out dope content, which can hopefully translate to me starting to be able to do content for for other things and other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, and that that's a, that's uh, something I really want to get into. Um, but yeah, man, like I don't really look to the future music wise, you know, because. Because I'm just, I just want to put out the best shit I can put out uh, and, and see what happens from there, you know. Yeah, there are some plans in the back in terms of like marketing and all that kind of stuff, which people don't see anyway. So that's the new things that we're, uh, we're going to try out and, and test. Um, uh, but yeah, like uh, I have some other, I have another cool project uh, that I'm a part of. Uh, which happened two weeks ago, um, so I'm working on that now. But I don't really want to divulge it until it's. Uh, uh, but if it happens, dude, it's another one of my. It's another one of my my uh, milestones. You know, okay. in, in that area, okay. I told you about of, of the, the quality of the mob deeps and stuff like that. If yeah. this happens to be another another big win for me. Um, mm-hmm. And hopefully for the scene, because ultimately at the end of the day, uh, I've always been trying to put on for the city, you know, um, yeah. and always try to like, and I believe firmly in uh, your success is my success, you know? 100%. Like, I always say uh, high tide raises all ships. Yeah, 100%, man, you know, so so if Freak blows up, if Tack blows up, if, I blow, if anyone blows up, man, like it brings the eyes onto the city. You know, like nobody fucking spoke about Toronto until Drake blew up and it Mm -hmm. opened for so much to go on there. You know, no one spoke about Atlanta hip hop until whoever it was uh, at that moment specific. I think it was Lil Jon for that period that just opened the doors wide open, you know. So, so like people need to understand that and look at the bigger picture. But yeah, I believe that. um, I believe in that. So I'm always trying to like put on for the city and help the city in any way I can. you know, uh, so that's you know for the future uh, of stuff and helping out where I can. Where uh, where can people hit you up for um, say uh, someone watches this and, and they want to make a, a video or a creative um, yeah. and, uh, and and work with you on that? 
hit me up on my Instagram. I think that's the best place. Um, I, and my contact details are there anyways, but I like, I, I prefer Instagram now to any other. It's weird how a photo app became a chat app, you know, like, uh, yeah. it's crazy, right? You know? Um, but yeah, you can hit me up, hit me up there, man. And, um, I'm always willing to talk and, and bounce ideas and, uh, so on, you know? Yeah. Awesome, man. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited, um, not just for the music, but to see you also work with, uh, with a bunch of different people. Cause I think you bring, um, there's, there's this different creative energy, uh, that, that could be, uh, could be brought to the table. I'd love to see you like work on, work on his Bengali video or let's see what, uh, what comes up in, in some metal, metal shows and stuff like that. Let's talk, bro. Like, uh, man, I, oh, man, I want to, I want to, sh- I wish I could share with you because but it's still, it's so rough. Uh, the other one we're doing, um, that, that that's being done right now it's, it's it's super funny man it's super cool but yeah like uh yeah I'm, I'm down man i'm down i'm always down like it's uh you know and if it works it works it doesn't work it doesn't work you know i'm, I'm very transparent i'm very i'm very straight with people you know i'm just yeah. like dude I, I don't like it or it doesn't work i can't think of anything you know yeah. you know that's that's not force it um because i truly believe that not everyone's for everything you know um not everyone's for every project you know 100 percent 100 percent uh Luki in the in the comments uh <laughs> left the link gofuntac.ae slash shoes for slippers and uh wh- whoever's listening to the only audio version of this uh, this podcast don't don't go to that link <laughs> just it does, it does not work <laughs> just in case um uh, ahmed Munir saying uh put on for the scene uh, is something all artists here should aspire to do 100 percent 100 percent and uh yeah, you need to just bring eyes and open eyes to like you'll be you'll be surprised, man. Like we did this piece for um, for CNN. Um, uh, I think it was CNN New York or CNN Global, whatever. Because there we got people were sending messages from all over the world. But they did um, what's that? What's that? What's that show called? The big, the big something on CNN. The big, great big story. Mm-hmm. I think. Okay. So. Yeah, the great big story. So they featured us, and they just hit us up. They're like, "Yo, man, we we, we did some research, and we want to feature, interview you guys." And it just so happened to be at the same time as Soul, so it just led up to some good footage and and good stuff. But whatever, like, um, did the video super dope. It was on CNN worldwide. Um, but the the interesting thing is is the video on Facebook. I think it had two million views or something like that, right? And and, and and people were just shitting on Dubai, right? And shitting on the UAE without any knowledge. It's just some fucking Trump supporter in his mom's basement or dad's basement, whatever, you know? But regardless, like, like it just showed, like, as big as we think we are, we're really a, a small city, you know, mm-hmm. uh, population-wise and everything. And, and people didn't know anything about this place, man. The comments that were, dude, like someone, I remember one of the comments, this is fake. How is this real? They're, they are not allowed to have parties in the UAE, and they are not allowed. Women are not allowed in public. Mm-hmm. So yes, we fake the fucking festival for this video. You know, like these are the comments that. So so I think putting on for the city is really important because no matter how you try to do it, it leads to some kind of exposure to the city, right? So yeah. so through our music, like two million people got to watch this video that showed showed a festival in Dubai, it showed studios, it showed uh, a life in Dubai, like, you know, so so it, it does put on for the city, right? Um, and I think it's uh, it's super important, and we forget that, man. Um, 
and we're so focused on trying to sound like Americans and British rappers and American artists and stuff like that, we forget um, where we are, you know? Yeah. 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 And I, like you said, I think it's 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 fucking mind uh, or eye-opening to the idea that uh, for for you, that was a, a chance to get, you know, the recipe on, on CNN and, and expose uh, the band. And, but it also opened so many other people's eyes to the idea that Dubai isn't just that. Like, there are the comments that, um, uh, you know, that this is fake and stuff, but can you imagine out of the two million, how many people went, fucked? I didn't even know that existed. Yeah, and, and it's amazing because, you know, there are a lot of people like that, man. There are people in other countries, unfortunately, that have never had an opportunity to leave their state or leave their town or leave their country. You know, um, we're blessed. A lot of us in the U- uh, a majority of us in the UAE have at least traveled once. That's how we came here. You know, uh, so 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 we're blessed, uh, and you know, as they say, man, traveling opens your, you know, it it it, it opens your world, man. Like it, you know, it, so so it it's a great feeling to be able to, to represent the place. You know, I think um, uh, just uh, a, a little story here. I think uh, it also doesn't just mean uh, it j- doesn't necessarily uh, uh, have to be for travelers because there is um. Uh, this guy called Rob Flynn from a band called Machine Head that uh, they played here in, in 2005 for, for Dubai Desert Rock Festival. And this is a guy who is a full-blown touring musician in a major band. Um, he genuinely thought that uh, they they were being flown here uh, as, a, as a sort of... Uh, uh, what was it called? A kidnapping, um, uh, and uh, and the the only reason he was here was because it was uh, their manager forced them to fly down, and it was a good payday, and they couldn't say no. And if it wasn't uh, a kidnapping, they would have lost out. And he said, up until he got into the car uh, at Dubai Airport, he genuinely thought he was he was being uh, kidnapped, and they were going to like chop his heads off and all that shit. And I was like, this guy's toured the world, you know, he, he, he's never heard of Dubai. He's never, he's never like researched anything about the Middle East. Is and uh, and I just find that like insane. Like, how do you not get the curiosity to check things out? It's it's crazy, man. And, and like the good thing of, that will come out of that is he'll probably tell that story to like a million people. You know? Yeah, and yeah it, exactly. And it puts the city sort of it, it shines a light on the city. But yeah, man, man like like I, I was talking, I was having a cigarette with uh, with Prodigy, uh, and he was telling me he's like. He was like, man, he's like, I don't know anything about this place. He's like, tell me about this place, bro. He's like, I know nothing about this place at all. I just got on the flight and came here. So I started telling him about the city and he's like, man, this is amazing. You, what do you mean you didn't have this? What do you mean this didn't exist? I'm like, bro, where we're standing right now and TCOM wasn't here 10 years ago, bro. No. This was all fucking desert. He's like, what do you mean, bro? Like, he, didn't, he didn't get it. You know, they come from, they come from cities that have have been there for hundreds of years you know and i'm like bro nothing you're standing on now it was here you know and they just they didn't understand it you know and but but there's a lot of ignorance man you know like um unfortunately but you know it, it, it happens yeah yeah 100 percent, dude thank you um thank you so much for the conversation that's uh, uh, I've, uh i've had a blast um last last question right now I, and yeah. i always end uh, end the episodes this way okay. uh going through everything you've gone through the massive journey um through uh through getting getting into music for the first time tower records basketball getting up to no good all the the entire timeline uh through uh, recipe and as solo artist if you were if you had a time machine and you were 
to, to jump in that time machine and go back and speak to 14, 13 year old P Storm, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give yourself before going on to that journey? Man, I would tell myself, like, you will save so much time, money, and effort if you just listen. Listen to what people are telling you. Um, your parents, the older people, they're not wrong. They're not against you. Um, I would tell myself that, um, you know, because, you know, when you're young, everyone's wrong except you, you know? Uh, so, so now I look back, I'm like, man, they were right. You know, um, I would, I would tell myself that, um, and I would tell myself to work harder, man. I'll tell myself, like, if I could go back in time, I'd be like, look, bro, this is where you are now, 30 years from now. If you work harder now, you'll be much more in 35 years, you know, because it's a very long time to realize how to work hard. Um, yeah. to work for things uh, I was always after quick things I was always after quick money fast money fast you know fast this fast that you know um, so that's yeah those are two things I would, I would tell myself and with those words man work harder and listen we um, we end episode 49 episode 49 um, thank you so awesome. much my dude it, uh, it means the world to me that you uh, we, we got to spend some time together and I I always I always tell every guest I, I selfishly uh, want to do these uh, these episodes because I, I have a lot of creative people in my circles and I just I want to get to know everyone and I feel uh, I feel like sitting around uninterrupted for for a few hours is rare these days. So um, yeah, and thank you, man. I really appreciate you having me. I don't say this uh, often. I've done a lot of these things before, and they're usually shit. Um, you you're good at what you do, bro. I'll tell you that you're good at what. Thank you, you man. Do. Uh, thank you very much. That that means a lot to me. I, I appreciate you. I really enjoyed it. I had a good time. Thank you, man. I'm glad. And um, thank you to everyone that uh, that tuned in live, uh, everyone that's watching this as a rerun. You guys are amazing. I'll continue the conversation in the comments. There's always a chat. Uh, make sure you, you jump on Discord if you want to get to know more uh, people in the tribe. Um, patrons you guys are fucking amazing we made it to 50 uh there's there's absolutely not enough words in the in the dictionary that i could uh, i could say thank you in and um yeah man uh we're uh, i'll see you guys on on saturday and uh p if you could uh, could do the honors and just say hit the outro hit the outro bro 